For some, you have become this impossible mountain to climb, but that's kind of my thing. Really, if you think about it, he can't be any more than Randy's understudy. There's no way that Cody will survive Stardust. Goalpost moved again. There's no way that 10,000 people would pay to see me and my buddy's little indie show. And ever since then, the goalposts have continuously moved and I continuously punch it through the uprights. Have some fun, answer some questions. Yeah. Good shit. Got some Kalen and Kalen pickles over there, gonna eat the shit out of that. So, when I was in the Senior Bowl All-Star game, no big fucking deal, and I played in the game, I was running on a sweep. I had 15 tackles going into the first half. If you don't believe me, Google it, you fucking marks. And a fat roly-poly-oly offensive lineman made a cut block right on my left leg and tore my MCL and my meniscus and it has been nagging the fucking shit out of me ever since. But did that stop me from tapping out? I'm just curious, Dave, did it? No, no, no it fucking didn't. Oh my God, that's a good fucking pickle. Jesus Christ, classic Gil. Anybody want a piece? Really, nobody wants a pickle? How about you, you want a pickle? So can you guys do me a fucking favor? Hit me with some hard shit, okay? Fucking give it to me, because you're a journalist, right? You're not right, Will? You're a fucking journalist? Yeah. No, not a fucking journalist. Great. All right, here we go. Who's going first? Yeah, guy with the slick black hair looked like a fucking rat. Pickles. Oh, fucking <laughs> Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flare! <laughs> <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. Hi, I'm the professor, and I'm gonna, I'm welcoming you to another episode of the Top of Wrestling, 
Never Ending Season 5. I'm ready. You should be ready because today we are breaking down AEW Revolution. We are going to be talking about the road to WrestleMania. We'll be talking about 25 years ago road to WrestleMania as well as a road to WCW Uncensored. We have some news of people quitting. We have some news of some injuries, actually. And even more so, we have a sexually transmitted disease that was shown just quite well on the uh, on the face of your AEW World Champion. They didn't even hide it. Like, what the hell? And then, you know, if you listen to the hidden track, ODM, here he is. Yeah, I don't know. My herpes test should be ready by tomorrow. We'll find out how bad it actually was. But yeah, uh, Saturday was a little bit crazy. It was a good time. I think this episode's going to be a little bit crazy and a good time between, uh, you know, AEW Revolution recap, uh, the Monday Night Wars, and uh, the movie of the week. I, I think it's just going to be a shit show. It's going to be a bloodbath. Well, the movie of the week is is definitely something we'll get going on. Um, you know, look at each week. From here on out, we are going to. Well, let me ask you a question. You no, know, you're saying it's getting weird. Let me might as well ask right now. What's the difference between from here on out and here on in? I feel like you have an answer queued up, but uh. Oh, I actually don't. I really don't. I wanted to genuinely ask you that question because I didn't know. I was like, from here on in. Well, doesn't matter. Moving forward, we have a new fact checker. Did you know that? Did you know that I, I had enough money for us to hire an intern? Yeah, you know, a little sidetrack before we get into that. You know, you said if we pay him double, he'll almost make as much as us. I don't think so because we actually lose money on this because we have to pay for Podbean. So <laughs> I think he should lose money too. <laughs> oh, shit. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, I know. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Kayfabe. Oh, pal. hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's cool because, I mean, we've kind of, shit, we've dropped uh, talent from the show anyway, pretty much. So, you know, we're able to pick up and went from Nightwing to Night more. Slang. <laughs> Night Slang in that D. He's on a fucking rampage. Well, so here's the is that is that second uh, picture he sent the same girl as last time or is that a new girl? I couldn't tell. I think it's the same one. Same one. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man, if you're listening, how are you? Um, <laughs> he ain't listening. So, our new intern, Buster. That's who I've hired because I wanted to make sure that we could make sure that every time we tell you stuff. I mean, you listen to our top topic. We give the proper facts. Blah, blah, blah. Look, at, we're pretty good when it comes to wrestling when we're giving facts. But look, at, we're not always up to date on all the current events, maybe, or we may slip up because, look, at, we're watching 345 hours. I, I think I keep making the number bigger <laughs> as I'm going along. It's still a lot. But we've been... No, actually, it really was. I'm sorry. It really was. 375 hours between Raw, Nitro, and all their pay-per-views. Not to mention, I just watched a four-hour AEW pay-per-view that I'm not really sure I need to watch all of. So, that being said, our minds get a little uh, cloudy. Chicken nuggets, <laughs> pal. But did you know... That Morton Downey is not, it's not like Maury Porvich over here, but is not the father of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, obviously, Robert Downey Jr.'s father is Robert Downey Sr., <laughs> you mark. <laughs> Yo. 
So you wrote in the thing here, obviously he's a junior, but you're the one who said it. Yeah. It's a rib pal. So you were fucking with me. All right. Well, that's fucked. So here's the deal. Um, all right. Well, Buster, good job on calling me out, I guess. But here's the here's the fucked up part. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Way, to, wait, ru- wait. way to ruin it, Hennig. Wait. 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 <laughs> what if old Robert Downey Jr. went with that name, hmm. but Morton Downey is Junior. Robert Downey Sr., and he went by the name of Morton Downey because... I don't know. You have Sheen, Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, yeah, possibly, but uh, no, they're actually not related at all. And Mount and, Mount, and right. Morton Downey Jr. is a junior, so technically Robert Downey Jr. would be Robert Downey the third. Why would he be a junior? Looks like you eat corn on the cob the long way. <laughs> so, you want some of this? <laughs> front of me i have better at home <laughs> steven amell is on heels yeah i didn't get I that i was like he is he isn't i don't know oh, okay like we said it okay we, we kind of just ran through it quick when we were talking about yeah, i was like he's in green arrow because <laughs> i didn't <Yeah>. know <laughs> saw him it all in so buster thank you good job hopefully we don't need to have you do you know that much fact checking because i know that we pay you on the the fact so this week, hopefully, we got all of our shit together. Payment chicken nuggets. Oh, he is a friend, friend in need. So let's talk about moments of the week. We'll lead up to obviously. You we know, just gonna skip the news all the way into the pay per view. Oh shit, we got news, man. Hey, let's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I completely skipped. God damn. We're off and running. We're not even at the wars yet. Bring it to the table, everybody. Monday Night Wars. <laughs> Movie of the week. Good shit of Bye. the week. <laughs> See you next week, folks. See you on Thunder. <laughs> All right. All right, man. I'll, you got any news? I'll kick it off. <laughs> uh, so jumping ahead in our moments of the week, uh, Eddie Kingston quit on AEW, but now he's in Ring of Honor. Kayfabe pal, I guess. Uh, the only thing that I like about this is with Kingston, I feel like there probably is some truth to this. And I love that his first, match is going to be his first program and ROH is going to be with Claudio because he's made it clear he doesn't really care for Claudio that much so it, it's a little transparent to me but I like Eddie it's a damn shame that it's going to be harder to see him now because I'm not going to watch a lot of ROH unfortunately yo can we just talk about one year ago you want to talk about Kefe pal one year ago today I watched him tap Chris Jericho out mm-hmm. yeah all signs were on to a great future. Could have very well feuded with Punk if he had the world title, if Punk didn't get injured. I mean, we were all talking per- perfect world here. You know what I mean? Could have right. very well still and still can be a contender to MJF. Don't understand why he didn't stick around for that. But I get the kayfabe, kayfabe portion of it. But he quit on AEW like after dynamite it was like a post segment thing that was like Mm. on youtube gotcha wasn't even live yeah so we'll see what happens with that i mean hopefully it's a good match uh i definitely like to try to catch that match at least we'll see where it goes promos alone i'm gonna guess for king's probably super card of honor yeah no definitely yeah definitely agree with you yeah hopefully we get some good kingston promos out of it right um yeah i like to eat dog yeah i like cookies (laughs) 
<laughs> For a second there, I always thought you were saying, yeah, I like to eat dog. <laughs> like he likes to consume canines. <laughs> you ever seen uh, Nothing But Trouble? I have. Is that Hot the dogs. Is that the Dan Aykroyd and where he's the judge and John oh my god either. what a shit show of a movie! Oh, we're gonna Tupac. have to rehash that for a movie of the week. Oh, we'll get there one day. Tupac right, was one of uh, Digital Underground's backup dancers. Fact check That's me on that right. one, Buster. Tupac. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I kept flip flopping, but you know, Kenny said several things, so I'll just bring it up real quick. Kenny Omega was on the sessions with Renee Paquette. Apparently, she didn't get enough sponsors with it being the oral sessions. I didn't realize it got changed, but so be it. Uh, did I tell you we almost had an episode of the oral sessions on Saturday? Yeah, it got really weird. <laughs> yeah, you told me uh, a little bit about it. But some of the things that Kenny talked about was the botched exploding ring match. How that disappointing was awesome it was. Uh, talking about signing, possibly signing with WWE and, you know, the fallout from the brawl out. Um, reading his quotes, they're so long-winded and it, it takes forever to get to the point. I didn't write any of them down. But if you're interested on his thoughts, feel free to look up the quotes. Uh it just seemed to be an interesting... Wow, dynamite fucking... Uh, How often do news. I have quotes? I have quotes so often you cut me off before I, I finish them. Because <laughs> you don't want right. to hear them anymore. You know what? That's fair. You're like, why am I going to put a quote in here? He's just going to fucking Exactly. Talk. No, I'll give you an idea, though, because I actually did listen to some of this. I had in the background. Oh, you did? The exploding barbed wire death match. He said that he went to the back and Jerry met him there. So I'm going to assume he met Jerry Lynn. Probably. Um, and he goes, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Just calm down. Don't do it. He goes, it was on us. It was on production. It's on us. And he goes, what do you thought I was going to do? I don't know. Because like, he thought like maybe I was going to flip out. He goes, I just, he goes, I wanted to go to only the Bucks at best because they are the only ones who know me at my absolute worst. He goes, mm-hmm. or be alone. I just want to fucking cry. He goes, it sucked. He goes, because she goes, the match was so perfect up to that. He goes, it was. That's the issue. And nobody remembers anything but that ending. Yep. I don't even want to go back and watch the ending because I'm like, nah, or all of it because I don't even want to see what the ending is. Fucking Kingston laying there. I still, I, I, I've talked about it before. I think it would have been better if Kingston would have got up afterwards looking over his shoulders and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> or just been like, shoo, that was a close one. <laughs> so well, he, uh, but then he also talks about the, the brawl out and he did some dodging with it, you know, like. Yep. Yeah, with certain siding, he goes. You know, one side of the story can be true, the other can't be. Maybe it can be. I don't know. Maybe like one of those things. You know, like a Meltzer report. But he said that you know, obviously, he deeply does obviously regret it and wants everything to go back to normal. But he said that when he got to the locker room after being off for seven months, so I'm gonna say that was dropping the title to Hangman Page, all the way to coming back doing the trios titles and all that shit later, like or getting involved. He said when he came back, it was a different vibe in the mm. locker room. Yeah. I saw that, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I hate that. And, and yeah, it's, it's a different vibe because there's different guys there. And I know that he said that infamous quote, I wouldn't have had 80% of you guys here. It's fine. But at the same point, I, I, I do. God damn it. I agree with him. And let me say why. You have... Uh, you had stars in the making. Penta. Should have been a world title contender ten times over now. 
he had a great match against Kenny for the world title. Mm-hmm. So did uh, Phoenix. There are guys that were already, you were making, but then you kept bringing in Keith Lee, Swerve. You bring in. Yeah, quick um, side note. You, not to cut you off, yeah. I apologize, but before it escapes my brain here. I, I, you owe me, I owe you a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so right. When did Keith Lee turn into Blackula? <laughs> Looks like somebody beat his ass with a can of peroxide. It's, I don't get it, man. It's, I don't even. He looks like Phil Spector. He's pairing up with Dustin, by the way. Yeah. And he's wearing a cape. Like, literally, it's like a Dracula yep. cape with blonde was, hair. I saw the cape, yeah. The it was fuck on is wrong with you? <laughs> You're going to say it so many times this episode. It's a shame it can't be a name. Yeah. So the, uh, so he had said, you know, like, oh, with all those guys, but like, he, that's my point too is like all right when cody all right fine if he had to go fine but there's a lot of guys man look at we should have been seeing brian pillman jr at least looking at a tnt title shot right now um you know what i mean guys like him i mean we could sit here and rebook this all day long and maybe we'll have to do it at some point yeah but the point i'm trying to make is is that he's not wrong about having a completely different vibe and i think i'm not i think he's got to at least know that he's got to blame tony how do you not? I mean, he's the one who's buying these guys. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because he may very well think Tony is the shits when it comes to booking. But right. yeah, I don't know that he's out and actually. Well, he is the booker it. of the year. Let's not forget that. Yeah, it's like being the nicest guy in prison. Sorry, I stole that from Cornette. That was weak. Well, let's talk about uh, some really good stuff here. I. Uh, did, did you hear that Tony Khan has some major AEW announcements coming soon? Yeah, uh, sure. This uh, segment presented by Adderall. Uh, <clears throat> so basically it was a tweet, and the tweet said, 2023 will be the biggest year yet for AEW. I have major announcements coming soon that are important to AEW and our fans. Three more shows. Yeah. During the media scrum for Revolution, he said that, Someone asked about, you know, fight forever. And he goes, the game is finished. Mm-hmm. Nothing about a release date. God, it's, it's Dude, God's I rating, too, I actually put a game out before he does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, at this point, more interested to try the WWE 2K23 uh, one. Same. I'm like, I don't want to, but God damn it. And when you look at it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. And they announced the DLC pack today. Zeus I, yeah, I saw is a part of it. Who? Zeus. Oh, Zeus. God. Yeah. He just beats his chest and screams the whole time. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. This so one I that. had to put in here. This one made me kind of laugh. Or I put these next couple in here, but Sony Deville was arrested in February for possession of a firearm in New Jersey. They don't play around there. I'm not sure if you know about New Jersey, but that is the place. So, quick side story. When we were going in the RV life, you know, getting things going, buying uh, proper home protection, mm-hmm. the the guy I was working with and talking with, he goes, I'll tell you right now, have this completely disassembled or hidden as best as you can. Because if you ever go in New Jersey and for some reason you're getting searched, they do not fuck around there. Oh, okay. Now let's fast forward about five years. Let's fast forward about actually two years. I go to visit a, a cousin. I uh, had 
like these little bullet casing things, right? Had it. It was in my uh, computer bag. I'm in California. I have flown to New York three times. Back and forth. But now I hit a layover in New Jersey. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever been through New Jersey, but when you go to New Jersey, it doesn't matter if you did a screening an hour ago at another airport. You have to go completely through another whole screening, a luggage earlier check, your the you know the everything, take the shoes off, everything. And all of a sudden, and this is a work fucking trip right now, and I'm I'm I have it's a quick layover and I gotta jog as quick as I can to get going. And all of a sudden the guy goes, uh, sir, could you step aside? I go, uh yeah, what's up? And I'm like, and he goes, uh, hang on. Can you uh call the, the officer down here? I go, hmm. <laughs> Pardon? So at this point, and I've already obviously given this part this part away, but I had the bullet casing in there and I was like, but I didn't know this at that point. I'm like, huh, what the fuck is going on? I go, sir, what's going on? He goes, can you hold on? I go, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm sitting there going, oh, you dick. You left a pen in there. You, you, uh, left a, you know, I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, now you're smuggling. All of a sudden, the officer comes up and, and he pulls it. They pull it out of the bag. The bullet. I go, oh, Jesus Christ. And I go, oh, yeah, dad, dude. That that was from my thing, like a funeral. It was like a memento thing, man. We're good. Don't worry about it. And I and I go, I, I'm sorry about that. And he goes, we don't mess around here. With the, you know, saying we take this all very uh, seriously. I go, I understand. I go, I do not. I go, that is a little bullet for a handgun. I don't own a gun <laughs> and I'm not even being funny. Like with the, I said, I didn't say, Aga. I go, I don't even own a gun. I go, I, that's, I, that's not mine. I go toss it in the garbage. <clears throat> now you look like you have a question. Go ahead. Was it a bullet casing or an actual bullet? Oh, the bullet. Okay. Okay. My bad. Okay. Well, good. no, a used one. It was a spent one. So it was just the casing. Correct. Okay. So he's uh, and he goes and he I go just throw it out. He goes I can't. We don't do that because some someone could come in here and pick it up or whatever. And I go, ah, huh? And he goes, you're gonna have to bring this over to a, a family member. Call him, have him come here. I go, yeah, I'm not from New Jersey, man. I I'm only here for about ten minutes. I gotta go. And he goes, I I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, I don't want it. Don't need it. I don't give a fuck what you do with this thing, man. And then, so the cop is kind of sitting there thinking and thinking. He goes, all right, come here, put your shoes on. I go, okay. He goes, you're going to come outside and I'm going to, you have to bring this out to a family member. I go, yeah, I think we may have had a miscommunication issue with each other. Um, I'm not from here. I'm trying to go home. He goes, no, you're going to walk outside, you and I together. And you are going to hand this to a family member. That family member could look like a garbage can. (laughs) <laughs> now in my mind i legit am like well what's the difference between that garbage can and that garbage can in here right and i go shut up mimsy yeah, exactly <laughs> but that's where my mind goes i have that stupid issue and i go i oh okay oh okay great walk out i throw it out i go i'm real sorry about this he goes i get, it's fine man it's cool shakes my hand 
I walk in. I have to go through customs again. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. So now it's my third goddamn customs trip today. <laughs> Shoes off, belt off, everything. The bag goes through and go, please don't find anything. <laughs> it was it was a really bad trip. I got back, man. I got back. All I can think about the whole time is I got to call the company and be like, I'm sorry, I'm detained here in New Jersey because I have a bullet casing in my computer bag. I'm sorry. Jesus. So I thought you'd get a, a little kick out of that one. Uh, anyway, Sonya Deville had a, a gun. And and probably it might be the same thing. You know what I mean? Like passing through whatever it was and yeah, had so it like in speeding or some shit. It's registered. I saw in the story it's registered in Florida. The gun's registered in Florida. Where every gun is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, dude, My you can't really blame has a gun. Dude, you can't Florida. blame her. This bitch had a fucking stalker. On her property. Yeah, no, she should have a fucking machine gun with her at all yeah. times. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, speaking of a former associate of hers, because they were in uh, Riot Squad together, I believe. Was she in Squad? No. She was in the other one with Paige. Yeah, that's right. See, two groups came in at the same, same time. Same time. Like, together. Yeah, it, it was, was so confusing. Ruby, all of them. Sarah Logan, all. Yeah. Anyway. So a little girl was really upset. Like, an eight-year-old girl was really upset after Liv Morgan lost on SmackDown, but was, like, bawling. And, dude, this is and it's one of those moments I'm like, it's cool. I saw a lot of the pictures and stuff. Liv brought her backstage, gave her a hug, and just started chatting with her and explained, how, like, you know, sometimes you can win, lose. And sometimes when you lose, you actually win. Sometimes when you win, you actually lose. Sometimes when you tie, you... Nobody wins. I forgot what she says. But no, it, but, and then she goes, and then in 10 years, you can train to be a wrestler just like me, blah, blah, blah. It was, I don't know, man. It's one of those cool things because I'm like, you can, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? You know how many people are like just dicks nowadays? And because you have those people that come up to you who are just begging for your autograph, you find the one that is a genuine one and take care of them. That to me, I like that moment. So that's why I wanted to bring that into the, the news today. Yeah, it's free PR. Fuck them. Don't care. Yeah, whatever, man. You have no fucking heart. <laughs> you know what I have no heart for? Uh, Sammy Guevara said he and Ty Mello can't wait to be really exposed and share their life in all access. What's left? I watched you tongue punch this bitch on TV months in a row. I'm Ty- good. I don't need to see anymore. If Ty Mello gets exposed, I'm there. But, I mean, you know, beyond that. Yeah, but then you got to see him. He goes to get into bed, and he does the crazy sign on his head and flips in, and then he just <laughs> dives in. It's a 10. That's it's good. pretty good. That's pretty good. And uh, last piece of news. Look at that. We did have news today. Good job, man. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, you've heard us talk about Hood Slam on here many, many times. Unfortunately, pandemic fucked up my opportunity to actually see them live, but, you know, out in the California scene, Oakland. And... Lita, now Raw Women's Champion, or Tag Team Champion, we'll get there. She made an appearance at Hood Slam this past weekend. And this is exactly her whole promo. The crowd went nuts, you know. And she goes, I finally made it to motherfucking Hood Slam. Crowd's going nuts. And she goes, I've got two things to say. Fuck the fans. Because the fans just randomly start chanting there. 
fuck the fans. Like, fuck us. Fuck it. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, they just, like, they probably stemmed, I would assume, from a match. Let's just say between, well, since we had, we've seen him on the show, Funny Bone and Butabi. Right. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then you just start chanting against yourselves. They have a good time there. Um, and then she goes, and number two, what I really came here for, Dark Sheik, who we've interviewed on this show. Mm-hmm. Hands the mic over to Sheik, and then left. So, I, it, I mean, that was it. It was cool, but a uh, quick little moment. But, you know, she did the little nod to Hood Slam mm-hmm. in last year's Royal Rumble to Shotzi, where she did the little tip of the cap uh, nod. I thought it was just really cool. I was, it was exciting to see because all the people – who were sharing it were all the guys that I've seen wrestle out there. So it was like, I was seeing it all over the place. So nice, good stuff. But what's not nice and good stuff, unfortunately, is that she and Becky Lynch won the tag team championships. Now, yes, we called it last week. It's going to happen. It was with the help of Trish Stratus. So recently it was seeming like from everything I had been reading that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were going to be in line for a tag title shot. At right. WrestleMania. I don't know if they were going to do like they did a couple of years ago and have like a four-way, you know what I mean? Like just multiple teams. But I heard that Rousey got hurt. If this were me, keep your tag titles aside if you want or make them a part of it. Just have complete damage control. Bailey and both of those girls against Lynch, Lita, and Stratus. Make that match at WrestleMania. That way you expose... You can not be exposed to so many weaknesses. Did you happen to see any of the highlights of Lita's match on Raw? I did not. I did not. Uh, real quick, going to Rousey. Last report I saw said she'll be ready in time for Mania. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lita bocci, bocci, was bocci, bocci. very... Yeah. Lita was very... Uh, man, slow, 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 slow. And I'm not saying, like, out of shape slow... I'm saying in 2003, 4, 5, she was fast, and she's doing the same thing right now. But in 2023, people are moving at a much faster pace. Mm-hmm. She looked like she was wrestling underwater while everybody else was moving a little faster. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a good look for me to see uh, your new tag team champions. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and I actually know that there are many people who – have said the same thing from what I'm seeing. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes because, as we all know, it's Monday, kayfabe pal, when we record. But um, tonight, maybe something will be made on Raw. I mean, we're a month away from WrestleMania. We have only one match set, and I know that Cena's supposed to show up on Raw tonight. So probably him in theory. Well, it's supposed to be. I mean, the other thing is it's supposed to be fucking Brock Lesnar versus Omos. I mean, I think they fucking made that official. And they also made it official with Lashley and Wyatt. God, it's just so terrible. How uh, did terrible. you mess that up? I don't even know how you messed that up. I would rather see Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Le- no, Lesnar. bad. Pa- no, apparently they were going to do Wyatt and Lesnar, and Lesnar's like, get me the fuck away from this. No fucking way. Because we're, I think in Lesnar's mind is what benefits me, what benefits that person What's going on? You just, they, st- I don't even know what's going on. Uncle Howdy shows up, doesn't, you know, there's appearances of who, just God damn it, just do something, pull a trigger. I guess I you can't blame it. it I guess you can't, you can't blame it all on Vince. No, 
I, no, I, I, you still have creative altogether, but I don't know. It's horrible. Um, Tuesday, the only thing I really caught out of anything that I had sent over to you was Ilya Dragunov had injured J.D. McDonough um, in the neck and was out for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And then J.D. also kind of returned the favor. But the promo of him just laying there while getting worked on by doctors and talking to Dragunov, saying, you know, our time will come, we're going to meet. I'm assuming it's probably going to be at uh, whatever the takeover is for WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. And if that happens, I bet you that match steals the entire weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be one of the top matches, I would think. So, um, I've mentioned it a couple times in the show, but I do want to say... if you're a good friend, always check out on your friends. Make sure if you see a guy out with, with a girl and she has a herpy, catch your friend. Be like, yo, 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 back up, back up, back up. Even if she's rubbing her tits going, you want these? Here's the deal. MJF came out, and I was like, it's got to be my TV. Nope, not. Oh, fuck, what is that? And I got closer, and oh, my God. This dude had a giant herpy in the middle of his lip i'm gonna keep calling it a herpy until someone tells me it's something else it's well uh, they typically call them cold sores but it is from like herpes herpes simplex tan (laughs) it is a different type of herpes from genital herpes but yes it is herpes mouth herpes can you tell him i have uh uh that's nice good good reference beverly hills cop too um it was just plain as day could we not get some makeup over it or could we just have I don't know. How about he barely said two words? Didn't need him at all. The biggest thing was Danielson saying you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. Right. We really didn't. We didn't need the hurt man to come out. The hurt. Well, you got to figure he did just get broken up with. So uh, you know he's probably been hitting the slums. You know, dumpster diving. Oh, yeah. Sick, did you see that? Did you, you see herpes? the meme that I sent you? The, the, we, the, the Twitter. We share. Uh, we share chicken nuggets <clears throat> with each other, bro. Vape pen. <laughs> uh, yes, I did. I did see what you yeah, said. Yeah, fucking Britt Baker laying the shade down on MJF. Why don't you worry about your own girlfriend? Oh, wait, my bad. <laughs> I did Sick see one burn. today, by the way, of, and I'm not sure how much it's true, but Omega and Punk taking shots at each other. Really? I could be wrong. I'll have to maybe You're send probably that wrong. to you. I, could be, I probably am. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, check so the Twitter sphere. about it. In uh, match of the year candidate, easily, Orange Cassidy retained over Big Bill. Okay. I had a major issue watching this because there were so many moments where I was like, maybe he's going to pull it off. Maybe Bill's going to get this win. Because there's a lot of moments where he did have him, but then I'm like, I forgot. This is mini Super Cena. Shit, he's not losing. And he didn't. But not only did he do that, Best friends were injured or had COVID or, I don't know, herpes. And so Danhausen needed another tag team partner. So Orange Cassidy pulled double duty. And instead of us getting another decent tag team in there, uh. we got the third comedic tag team to enter this match. We already knew it was kind of comedic by putting in uh, Lethal and Jarrett. But now we added this, and I go, guns retain. No doubt. 
Um, Hook defeated Matt Hardy. Meh. Now, this is the funniest part. Not funniest. Okay. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Pretty decent. We did get to see who Commander was. Yay. He walks a rope. Yay. He does flips. Yay. Yeah, and the uh, thing is... He spent is like, more time setting up each spot than doing the spots. They're already, uh, there's already word Obviously, that uh, WWE is uh, interested, interested in, in Commander because it, apparently he did. I thought he signed with AEW, but apparently not. Uh, no, that so. apparently he didn't. Yeah, he worked on an open contract, but they'd be like, aha, we still got the trampoline. We can let him be Sin Cara Trace. <laughs> Um, if you didn't check it out, Ring of Honor did have their first Ring of Honor TV show on Honor Club. And in that event, Claudio retained over Air Fox in the main event. And that is exactly what you mentioned earlier. Eddie Kingston comes out at the end and challenges Claudio. More or less. Didn't say, he kind of points to it, but didn't say when or where. But, you know, just saying, I'm coming for you. Uh, the other part was... I want to say it was maybe Kevin Kelly was interviewing Wheeler Yuta, and he said the junior member of Blackpool Combat Club, and Yuta took major offense and was like, "I'm there's nothing junior about this, you know." I think maybe he meant size wise, I don't know, but he took offense, started losing his mind, and he goes, "He goes, I'll take on anybody and I'll show you." And he goes, "Next week, open challenge. Who wants me for the pure championship?" Timothy fucking Thatcher's music hits. And I go, I'm in. Good job so far. Good job on your show. Now, we knew that this was going to happen, right? Sure. I, I named the, the match as we yep. talked about. But how you led up to it, I'm already in. I like it. Maybe the TV show might not be bad. Who knows? <clears throat> I mean, I'll give everything a shot. Yeah, wishing one hand shit in the other. See which one fills up first. Wow. <laughs> well. I'll do that while we talk about SmackDown. Um, Roman and Cody, as you heard in the very beginning, they had a good face-off where, you know, Cody talked about all of his things that he had to deal with, you know, dealing with Randy Orton legacy, dealing with being Stardust, even saying, you know, we had the doubters saying that me and my little indie buddies couldn't do a, sell out a 10,000-person arena to do an event. And that was cool. Good little pop. Um Roman saying whatever uh, Dusty couldn't teach you, I will, which yep. I thought was great. Yeah, it was a good promo. Yeah. Dominic and, and Ray, they're continuing the storylines. You know, it's just each week, it's just going back and forth. So it's going to lead to it. Um, Solo Sokoa defeated Jay Uso. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. Solo Sokoa defeated Sami Zayn. And he had Jimmy Uso at ringside by him. Jay's not even written there. I don't even know my, why my mind even went to that. Um, and I believe tonight on Raw, he's facing Jimmy. Yeah. So I would assume that we're going to get Jay soon. We're going to get Owens. It's got to be, you know. They'll start plotting their course towards uh, their WrestleMania match. You know, see how it all unfolds. I mean, it's pretty predictable, but we'll see how they get there. And as I've been predicting, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus both want a piece of Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. I think that match would be fantastic, the triple threat. Did you see the segment with Dominic lifting weights? <laughs> with Sheamus? 
Yes. <laughs> he's got like 10 pound barbells and he's like sweating real profusely and he's straining and Drew and Seamus just walk up like, boy, what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay. Now that's another thing. Last week I brought it up to the table. I said, Action Jackson and Dreddy has had more mm-hmm. character uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Dom, in like a two month period, has thrashed Bray Wyatt's progression in any way Mm -hmm. just going to jail made him way better than bray wyatt yep (laughs) so let's talk about uh revolution i know i know not everybody watched it because we were really not looking forward to it we all talked about it and said uh wasn't worth it i got bored anyway let me say this Last week, we did half-ass kind of predictions. We really didn't predict well, so we hit the social media this past weekend. And it was funny because I agreed with everything that you said other than kind of how the main event ended. I just said it would end in a tie, which I was kind of half right. But the uh, it, I wanted to do the old Joe Pesci from My Cousin Vinny. Everything that that guy said was bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. Right after Thank you. you did yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to pull Please it up Please exclude here. everything that he said minus the thing. <laughs> In the, uh, it, but at Revolution, the it, pre-show I thought was supposed to have two matches. And it only ended up having one. The Blackpool Combat Club and Dark Order never happened. Oh. So in my mind, I was sitting here going, okay. They're probably going to be a part of the Texas death match because it would make perfect sense, right? Everybody defending each other and stuff. Gotcha. They didn't. So that thing just never happened. But they did have Mark Briscoe come out first to a huge pop uh, with the Lucha Brothers, and they took on Tony Nese, Josh Woods, and Davari. And what are they, the Varsity guys, Blues, Varsity Blues? I think yeah, the Varsity oh. Blues. I'm. It's not. That's the name of a movie. But I'm gonna start calling it- them Varsity Blues now. <laughs> Ooh, um, there was a moment where Ray Phoenix nearly killed Tony Nice. He went to do a Hurricane Rana, and didn't get his head wrapped around, or I didn't get his legs wrapped around his head, and they both just kind of tumbled down. Weird, really bad moment. But at nice. one spot, they took. I think it was Josh Woods grabbed a tablet and broke it over Mark Briscoe's head. And he sold it great. Didn't fall down, just kind of stood there stunned, legs really spread. But then ended up making the the comeback, and Briscoes and Lucha Brothers win. Wow. Again, where the Lucha Brothers are at. And it was funny because my wife was in the room, and I go, remember when we watched that cage match with them in the Bucks at All Out? That was great. Yeah, I go. That was great. They're on the pre-show right now. How they've fallen. Both of them could have been world title contenders, like you said. Both of them. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to skim around here with how this uh, pre-show went, but Mm -hmm. right after this match, well, first, this has been pretty much led and narrated by Renee Paquette and RJ City. It took me quite some time to remember who RJ City was. He's the Hey Ew guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, who is this douchebag? And they interviewed multiple people, but she was in the arena talking on the mic. They were getting like weird feedback, and she interviewed Don Callis. Um, and then they had that Briscoe's match. Right after that, RJ City is backstage with 
Garcia, Menard, and Parker. Is his name? Yeah. D'Angelo Parker? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he goes, RJ asks Menard, like, how are you feeling? I'm going to give you my best impression of this as if I can, because this fucking shit had me laughing, but I have to do Menard's voice. RJ, let me ask you. Feel my nipples. Huh? Feel my nipples. Feel them. Uh, okay. You touch them. He goes, are they hard? And he goes, uh, no. He goes, that's right. They're soft because I'm not excited because I can't be by the ringside tonight for Chris Jericho. And I go, holy shit, the longest way around to say that you're mad. And I go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Feel my nipples. Feel my nipples. <sighs> so that was a decent promo. <laughs> um, but then we also had um, Renee interviewed uh, Britt Baker, who was talking about the women's match and right before that rj was interviewing tony storm who pulled out a can of spray paint and put an l on rj half on his coat and half on his pants so now he had to wear this green spray paint the rest of the night um i popped for that (laughs) they also interviewed uh sanjay dutt danhausen and orange cassidy horrible fucking segment they, they were not really selling me on wanting to buy this pay-per-view. I could tell you that. The video packages at best were okay. And then Adam Cole for uh, a couple of minutes, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to have my debut match, and I think it's this coming, or tonight, on Dynamite. Or re-debut, if you will. And RJ's like, who's it going to be? He goes, you want me to tell you? I'm not going to tell you. I go, you guys are really selling your show, everything right now. You guys are not doing great. I'm like, and I was like, maybe he'll do it during the pay-per-view. He did not. So let's move into, oh, God, this was great. Right before the show is about to begin, about five minutes before, Tony Schiavone, I don't know if he had a cold, his voice is going out, or that's just what he sounds like, but he was trying to give the instructions to the final burial match. This dude made like nine botches talking about this thing. (laughs) It's the final bury match. But not Barry, like B U R Y. All I could think of was like final B E R R Y. Um, but he was like, Jungle Jack Boy is Jungle Jungle uh, Boy is taking on uh, Christian Cage. Do we? We don't like Christian Cage, do we? Pandering to the crowd because he was fucking it up, and then just kept trying to. It was horrible. He was horrible. Um, do you want to know what the instructions of a final burial match are? It's a casket match, except it's in the dirt. So it's a buried alive match with a casket match. Casket above the, I guess Hmm. that would be a final burial. Hmm. Creative. Now let's get into the, yeah, well, someone is Booker of the Year. The main card begins. And I wish I had said this to you last week that the opening match was going to be Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Why? Because this was. Cut, copy, paste, Eddie Kingston. He feuded him with him for a couple of months, went to Revolution. I go, he's going to open up the pay-per-view just like he did last year and put over Kingston, and now he's going to do it with Starks. And God damn it, he did it. Now, something that I decided to do during this show, I became a little bit uh, Cornette-like, we'll call this. I started taking notes. I was like, all right, now I'm in. But I also started paying attention. I'm like, you got eight matches on the card tonight. 
One of them is a 60-minute match. That's at least take seven, eight minutes for your entrances and all that shit, right? We got to get going. So I started writing down when each match ended because I wanted to see where they were going to get and how much each match was going to be rushed. I wanted to see because when I when the time started to get a little crunchy, I'm like, yeah, this match is going to get rushed. So I was a little more impressed than I thought I would be. But um, Starks did go for a spear and Jericho did a very sick code breaker to it. Yeah, well timed out. Very nice. And uh, the JAS almost interferes. Um, Jericho pushed Aubrey a couple of times. Wouldn't be the first time that she gets pushed around tonight, by the way. Long night. But Starks gets the win, and it was 8-19 when the match ended. I was like, they're going to give him pretty much about 20, just the opening to that. Now, I want to say they went very New Japan style. Only two to three matches had... Uh, maybe three or four of them had video packages. Others were just, bam, right into it. So as soon as Jericho starts ends, bam, right into the final burial casket match. Jungle Boy versus Christian. Christian comes out. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Christian comes out in a sleeveless turtleneck. A black sleeveless turtleneck. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. I like my sleeveless, you know, shirts, but... I think that one's a touch too much for me. Jungle Boy was channeling his inner SummerSlam 2002 HBK because he came out in jeans and boots. It was just dead dead on, just like that. Um, A fuck you Christian chant got started pretty good. Uh, There was a rest in peace Luke Perry sign. That one, I was like, a little late, or is it topical? I'm like... Hey, man, who am I to speak? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Night Champions 2011. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ends up taking, uh, Christian ends up taking Jungle Boy's belt off of his waist and starts whipping him with it. Dude. Welts. Like that were forming during the middle of the match. They start fighting up at the top where dirt gets involved, throwing in someone's eyes. Pocket dirt. Um, Pocket sand. Yeah. <laughs> And he, uh, he, as in uh, Jungle Boy, ends up giving the concerto to Christian. He puts him in the casket. <laughs> kisses him on the forehead. <laughs> and no, 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 no. Hang on. I get oh, okay, now okay, what okay, you're I'm doing sorry. there. You're right. You're right. He does. He slams the door and the casket goes bam, which I'm not going to lie. Don't give a shit what you think. Fan of. I thought it yeah. was cool because I thought he was going to do it, and then he's going to have to sit there and use a crank. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. So, but what was weird is after he kisses him on the forehead, he stands up, looks down at him, has his hand on the door, looks around at the crowd, and I go, "Is this match about to fucking continue?" Because that's what you do when you you know, the, and you're going to give the guy time to put his hand up. But as he does it, I think it was to give the whole setup, like for the teams, like okay. We're going to let the ripcord go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Bam. I liked it. I thought it was a cool ending minus him standing there. Yeah. And, you know, making out with him before he drops him. That That concerto, man, looks like he made a little more contact than he should have. I don't know. I think it looked all right. I watched it a few times. It was was pretty close. I have to go back and take a look. There were some moments in the night where 
there were some real hits that I was like, oh, okay. It is AEW. That's true. And that match ended at 840. So each match so far has had about a 20-minute setup in between one to the other. We're at 840, and we're two matches in. I'm like, okay. And they go, up next, the trio's titles. I go, fuck, that's going to be a long one. That's going to be a half hour. Well, you know what? From 840, and then that match, the trio's title match ended at 904. So they actually, it was a better, faster-paced match and not as long drawn out as I thought it was going to be. You, of course, get your 4,000 million kicks in by the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, let me break down the opening. It was Kenny Omega with Buddy Murphy. Crowd is already starting to chant, this is awesome. And I think it is. What's crazy is the stat at the bottom said that House of Black debuted as a trios team at Revolution's pre-show one year ago. And I was like, oh, I was there. I remember that, too. And they beat, um, I think it was Lucha Brothers and Eric Redbeard. Oh. Because he was like, he was there. I think he took the place of Pac because Pac was injured, and they brought him mm-hmm. in at the time. There you go. Um, or could have been uh, COVID. Something, something. So, anyway, the – oh, by the way. JR has been on commentary for the first several matches. Oh, okay? boy. He came in during uh, the pre-show, and I go, oh, my God. At this moment, when they brought JR out, I swear to God, I go, are they going to open with the Iron Man match? No, they can't do that. And I'm Now I'm running through my head what would close, right? I'm like, well, that won't work. Well, that won't work. Could have been the Texas death match because it has more, you know, build-up animosity maybe, something. So that's where my mind was going. But once it opened with Jericho and Starks, I'm like, all right, we're definitely ending the right way. But Jim Ross is on early. So how this match ends is, you know, the Melter driver is where you have a pile driver and one guy does like a sunset flip off the top rope or like a full flip, a, a 360 flip, like a somersault yeah. in the air and taps you on the ass as you do the pile driver. As Matt did the flip in the air, Buddy Murphy catches him, bam, with a knee right to the jaw. Look good. They go to the ending, matches over. Was beyond sick. That's how they ended it. Um, funniest part of the match for me was after Alistair Black and Kenny Omega squared off, Omega is now finally tagged in Matt, Matt Jackson, first person to get in. Uh, after Kenny and he points, he goes, I want him points to Brody King. Malachi black just starts laughing and tags him in. And he go, he looks like he's going to square off and he goes, mm, "Never mind." He turns to go back and both Omega and Nick walk away. <laughs> like, nah, man, this is what you wanted. <laughs> I don't know why I kind of, I, it was a good moment, Gotta work the but it was a good, uh, like I said, a faster paced match. It wasn't, a 30-minute match like I thought it was going to be for these guys. It was mm. what? I mean, like I said, it, from 840 to 904, and the House of Black entrance, easily three minutes. And then you had to listen to Carry On My Wayward Son. So it was a pretty good, fast-paced match. Then again, as soon as these are over, one match into the other. They're going into the next one. It's a women's match. But they go, JR, thanks so much for joining us. It's nearly 9 o'clock, and I go, yeah, he gets senile past 9 o'clock. we got to get him off the mic. you got to get him saying racist shit. 
Because <laughs> it's a women's match. You know, back in my day, we didn't let these women do this shit. <laughs> I, that's not me. It's JR. Oh, it's no, I got you. JR. I can look at you. All right. Disclaimer. I had a suit. It's in the mud. That was one of my... Goddamn. You're, that was your best one. <laughs> so now we have women's championship. Uh, Jamie Hayter taking on Ruby Soho and Soraya. Soraya comes out first. Ruby Soho second. Hayter third. Ruby has her hair done up in like a... Bedazzled. Bedazzled punk rock mohawk with like... Uh, like buns on her head. It was a weird setup. But anyway, and I was like... Okay, She's not winning. We both said, doesn't matter who wins, Ruby's going to take the fucking pin. Likely, Jamie Hayter's going to retain. And that's exactly what happened. After the match, as soon as that happens, Tony Storm hits the ring, starts punching down on uh, Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker comes to the ring. Ruby throws Hayter. No, my bad. Ruby throws Tony Storm out of the ring and says, this is our house, bitches. So saying that to Soraya and Tony Storm. And then lifts up the hand of Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, you know, like, I'm here with you guys. And then does the turn on Jamie Hayter, giving her a good kick, and then takes out Britt Baker. They all join in. She's a part of the Spray Paint L on People Club. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, on Twitter, man, everybody was comparing them to the Outsiders. Saying it's the new outsiders. Who the fuck said that? A million people on Twitter. I'm not even lying. Like that that was like huge going on. Everybody was comparing it to the outsiders. I'm like, not really. Not really. No, I mean, no, yeah, not I mean, even close. Yeah, they they all came from WWE, but that was not the angle at all. Um I, I so there's actually some parts I do want to mention about this. Um No, actually the only thing all right, first. The match ended at 9.19. After the turn, it's 9.21. So this went from after 9.04 to 9.21. Gave the women exactly what I thought they were going to. Just about 15 minutes. Up next was Paige and Moxley. And this is exactly what I knew it was going to be. I said, if I if you're going to do it, now do it halfway through. Just like you did Punk and MJF last year. I was shocked that they did it at about 9.30. But that's a good idea because you're going to amp the crowd up. You're going to want to mellow them down again. And then get him amped up back up for a 60-minute Iron Man match. And it's exactly what they did. Look at I could give a fuck about either one of these guys anymore. However, delivery, not a bad match. I, I won't shit all over it. Um, I did for fun. Decide to look. <laughs> match start, 926. Moxley bleeds, 929. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> and Paige. Was no bullshit, maybe not even too far behind him, you know. But um, here's some notes I got. First, in the beginning, after they give you the entire video package, this is the first time we're actually having a video package. Like I said, for your big matches. They're actually more for the, towards the later ones. They did uh, they did your package, but then they come out and you, hit, you see a red uh, colored screen. And then it goes kind of black and white, and they show a black and white kind of classic Western style. I heard. Uh, I haven't video. checked it out yet. Yeah, yeah. Really cool presentation. And I go, oh, you got me. And he has like some Western music going. Did you know Paige has new music? 
I just found out because I haven't really paid attention apparently on Dynamite or when I see them, I just like start. From what I saw, they mouth. debuted it at the pay per view. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, <laughs> like that old Western, like uh, kind of like, yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I nailed it. Something I, I thumbtacked it. Um, so good stuff. I don't mind his music, but. You have barbed wire tables laid up against the ring automatically. Um, And after a couple of punches with barbed wire, Mox takes out a a fork and starts punching at Paige's head. And when he did, man, I'm not saying he was like really cutting him, but when he was doing it, blood that was already kind of cut was starting to like splatter up in the air. Cool looking spot. I, I, it was, I liked it. I was like, hit him for real. And then he stomped, uh, Paige's hand in between two bricks. I love my brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sent me that. It's a... <laughs> yeah, and for those of you, you know, if, if I didn't mention, you were following along spot by spot on Twitter, but yeah. it, you know, you weren't like, and I told you, you're not missing much, my man. And then, uh, you know, Moxley goes under the ring for quite some time, and I go, and they're, they're like, well, he. Where is he? At this point, Paige has like cuts all all down his back and everything. He wrapped the barbed wire around his body and did a moonsault. Smart fucking idea, idiot. But then Moxley comes out. I'm like, he's coming out with thumbtacks. It's gonna be thumbtacks. It's always thumbtacks. Dear God, we didn't use thumbtacks this time. Thank oh, you. Wow. But he brought out a big chain and the two bricks at that point. Um, but he brings out the chain. Can we stop trying to wrap the chain around our leg? It never stays. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody always does like four wraps like and you drop just keeps or dropping yeah. to your ankle every time. Stop doing it. It doesn't work. Again, someone tried it in this. They started doing rakes to the back, which was hysterical because I just heard Cornette talk about this the other yep. day, which is crazy. Yep. Um, but they were doing really hard ones. Like you were seeing the scratch down the back. Both of them were. They used that camera that was on the the post at the corner. Yeah. They, uh, they. I'm sorry. Moxley gives a curb stomp to Paige, who was right over the bricks. The brick, yeah. Crowd I starts did. going, whoa. I, I saw that on Twitter, and it said something like, Moxley finally got his redemption or something like that. <laughs> and it was a picture of Rollins doing it, yeah. And Paige's eye was really swollen. At one, like his left eye, I believe, was very, pretty puffed up and swollen. Um, but he ends up choking Moxley with a chain over the rope, and Moxley let go for a second. It was really wrapped around his fucking neck. And when he taps, Paige holds on for maybe one second more, drops him down, and Paige taps Moxley at nine fifty two. So, women's match ended at 9.21. We'll say the guys started going about 9.20. Oh, I said match started at 9.26. 26 to 52. I thought they were going to go longer for some weird reason. Again, they were keeping decent time. We go 9.52. And we I'm sitting there going, what's left? We only got TNT title, tag titles, world title. I go, we're going to do this all right on a Sunday. Thank you. I'm in. And they did. Um, I don't need to keep going with the times, but actually I kind of do. This is kind of funny. Joe taps out 
to Wardlow at 10.08. So from 9.52 to 10.08. I knew there was going to wow. be a squash somewhere yeah. in there pretty quick. Dude, it was the amount of time that I went and made a plate of nachos. I'm not shitting you. I, I, I did that. I'm sitting here watching it from afar, you know, putting the chips down, throw the cheese on. I come back, choked out. I go, oh, okay. And now for your comedic match of the night, the tag titles are on the line with the guns. They came out dressed like Shawn Michaels. Uh, the one did like the thing at the, the top. Or does he always wear that? No, 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 no. I I think they did. Did you see what they did, the guns, before the show started? They taped flyers oh, on official yes. AEW letterhead saying, please refrain from using all of these. They basically gave the crowd a list of things to chant, but it was signed, you know, and still to tag team champions. That You know, it was not as Which is hysterical <laughs> because you get those things on your chairs when you're taking them home. Right. But they put them, you know, all over the place. But the point is that when you look at it, it looked so fucking real. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I didn't look at the bottom. I Same read here. it like it's a real thing. And I go, why would AEW say you can't say ass boys? And I go, the fuck? Oh, it's from the guns. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, that was great. Good for you guys. I was impressed with that. Guns come out first. Next comes out uh, Lethal and Double J. Then Orange Housen, and then comes out acclaimed because obviously you got to be able to rap and you know talk about everybody in the ring. Yeah, you got to get your pop. Yeah, they didn't really do anything that was worthy. I didn't really. It wasn't no. that good of a. They did. It was more about San Francisco. Oh, they something because you know San Francisco and Oakland are like right next to each other. Right. Um. And he, something about, uh, we're here in San Francisco, but we're really in Oakland. And everybody's like, oh! I was like, oh, shit, 8 Mile. Oh, wait. Anyway, uh, match ended just as I thought it was going to. The guns won. But after it's over, we're the greatest goddamn tag team of all time. And they mentioned, uh, we beat FTR, we beat the acclaimed, we beat this, we beat that. And then, ding, 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 ding. Well, I don't however you want to do it. You called it last week. Uh, I think last week on air as well as on the post that FTR would show up right here. And they did. I haven't rewatched it. I don't know to this moment how he did it, but Dax Harwood pulled. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to quote little Johnny pulled John Moxley within like 30 seconds of being out there. His right eye was bleeding. I think it had to be like he had to be super a sequence or something from the guns gear or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, it had to just be fucking, he was hyped, he got caught with something. But, yeah, it was fucking great. They they did the spike pile driver, they did the fucking big rig, and they're back. Now, I texted you, and I go, oh, my God, oh, my God, what if could Punk show up? And, you know, you and I are going back and forth with all these ideas, right? Now, first, I want to say this. I, I said I wasn't going to necessarily bring it up, but all right, so Joe Wardlow ended at 10.08. This match ended at 10.28. You guys have exactly 20 minutes. Get the fuck out of the ring. And the world title match, you know, it went right towards it right after it. They did the build up and right to it. Now, I'm going to get to where we're at in the night, when we're texting, and all my notes and everything that's gone on. Yo, I got to turn the light on all of a sudden. I was going to say, man, this might be the longest fucking first half or a pay per view. Or yeah, exactly. Done. First half of the episode. All right. Yeah. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through this as quick as possible. I'm, uh, Danielson comes to the ring. Normal stuff. 
an orchestra comes out and they're all wearing these uh, on the eyes and cheeks, face, upper mask, right? I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Sure. Uh, an orchestra comes out and they start playing a slow, Cowl. yeah, version Cowl, of yeah. yeah of his song. Right before it, they did have this devilish kind of music that was playing in the background. Um, and then they, as they were all coming out, and then they played that. And MJF comes out wearing the mask that he wore at All Out. And I go, oh. And you texted it right away. And I was like, bro, I'm all over this. <laughs> so, got to say, the dude took his robe off. Looks fantastic. All right, the dude slimmed down. I'm sure you've seen pictures of him, or at least picture, at least from now yeah. since the match has happened. But he, dude, is in excellent shape. And you have to be if you're going to do this to do this match. Because, like, it, man, I think anybody could really pull off a 60 minute match if you just want to like just do certain spots, thumb around, and you know. But if you're going to face Brian Danielson, who likes to go fast paced most of the match, you got to be in shape. You got to be ready to go. And. MJF, while he gets announced, oh, the match started at 1041, by the way. So from 1028 all the way to 1041, it was a good buildup. But as he gets announced, uh, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJF, he goes to, like, hand his title over to the ref, and it slips out of his hands and drops, and he grabs it real quick. And the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up, which was kind of funny. Now, at this moment, I text you. Or you text me, you said, dude, he came out in that mask. And I go, let me ask you a question. What if match is over, lights go out, and same thing as all out, you hear a Tony <laughs> Khan voicemail to MJF, but it's now to Punk. Okay, I'm going to swallow my pride. Come on back. I need you here. We need you back. Blah, blah, blah. He shows up, and you're like, bro, it's brilliant. I'm like, it's not going to happen. I go, but... <laughs> I remember texting. I go, I'm going to have to call into work because I'm going to have creamed my jeans so much. I'm not going to have any effort for work. Now, look at I went into as much detail as I could because I, I thought this is uh, interesting. Along the way is how I did everything. So the first fall didn't even happen until 26 minutes in, and it was a running. I didn't realize they call it the running psycho knee. Psycho knee from Brian Never Anderson. Heard that. Yeah. Neither have I until this match. And that was at minute 26 into the match. At minute 27, MJF low blows Danielson, right? So immediate disqualification. So now he's down 2 nothing. But with that low blow, and they said there is no time period in between any of these pinfalls. They made that abundantly clear in the rules. With the low blow, pins. One, two, three. And just jumps right back on him again. And another three count. And I go... Okay, first, that's not done. Now, why has that never been done before? Yeah. It's beyond me, but thank you. That was awesome. That's pretty smart, and yeah. It was great. So now he ties it up two to two, um, and it stays that way to the 30-minute mark. Great setup. Now, at this point, they have fought a little bit in the crowd on and off. MJF can't stop taking water and drinking, and Taz goes, like he keeps grabbing a sip and stuff like that, and he goes, I'm telling you, man, you're going to cramp up. This is not a good idea. And he keeps, like, mentioning, don't do that. But he's done it so many times where he like, takes a sip, puts him on his face. The crowd starts chanting H2O. Excellent. But in one of his endeavors in the crowd, he comes face-to-face -face with a lady 
grabs her drink and throws it on her son who is sitting down. Yes. Yes. Look it. I don't know. I don't know if it was planned. I don't know if it was, you know what I mean? Like like a, a set person. Like it, for an example of why I say a set person, there was a part where Jungle Boy during the burial match grabbed a beer out of a, a can of beer out of a guy's hand, poured it all over Christian, crushed it and walked away. And I'm like, I like wrestling, man, but who's going to give me my beer back though? Because that <laughs> motherfucker was $18. Like, I, like I'm just curious. And I'm like, that's got to be a plant. One of those got to be a plant. That had to be like for that moment for me. That's I. That was at the top of the arena. You could have very easily put that guy in there for two seconds. So for this moment, there is that a plant? But I did hear in the media scrum later with Tony Khan that they brought him backstage and talked to him afterwards. But you had your hand raised. What were you going to mention about this? So moment? well, the internet is rife with marks, um, dude. It's the talk of the town. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I've been seeing, and then I'll question it. Please tell you. me no one said the word racist. No, 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 no. Okay. Some people are saying, "Oh, it's too far. It's too far." I love MJF, but this is too far. I even just saw one while we were recording. That said that it's being reported now that there was tequila in her glass. Where the fuck is she getting tequila from? Yeah, that's on her then. That's bad parenting. Yeah, exactly. Like at what the any fuck? sports or game or arena. Bunch of unless fucking you are marks. in the unless you're in the uh what do you call it? Um the high roller club or whatever. Yeah, like the or, I mean, some of them they have liquor, the that's yeah, fine. They do, but still, no. Hey, man, you, just a couple that's of when liquor. you get dicks drawn on your face. Yeah. <laughs> or or titties smashed in fucking front of you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's the tequila shit. That's bullshit. All right, water. Let's say it's not a plant. Let's say it's an actual fan that were not clued at all, and MJF did it. Do you think that was too far? Personally, yeah. Um, no, because man, I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like even in territory days, your 70s and stuff like that, that's the kind of shit guys used to do, and that was how you got real heat and get people to really hate you and make people buzz. And I don't know, especially the cup, what that cup looked like. If it's in a blue Pepsi cup, likely all of, of li- likelihood is water, Pepsi, or any soda of Pepsi product, and that's it. Yeah. Harm. At best, he made the kid cry. Yeah, at worst, it was alcoholic, and he got something in his eyes. I mean, but, you know, the mother's reaction was priceless. cup is what I'm saying. Oh, well, I don't know. It was a clear cup. It was a clear plastic cup. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Which, I mean, kind of does hold water that it could be. See, that could make it just water, because a lot of times you get water, you get a clear clear cup, but you also get cocktails in those. So... I mean, again, I don't think you don't get cocktails on those. You don't get straight tequila. Those are beer, beer at those shows. Yeah, I don't know, man. Marks. Well, okay. So either way, funny moment when I saw it. It was great. (laughs) It was great. It was to me. It was like when Sasha Banks ripped off uh, Bailey's fans barrette and made her fucking just start bawling. That stuff to me is great. There was a the moment I texted you. I go, yo, they keep taking the clock on and off. Um, and I yeah. thought maybe they were going to try to fuck with time. But I think it was more to just have people get into the match, be into the moment, not worry about the time and what's left. There was a great moment, though. MJF kept dodging Danielson at certain parts. And when he dodged out of the ring at one moment, 
he goes to the ring or goes to the camera and he goes, "Hey Meltzer, is that going to lose me a star? <laughs> Am I going to lose the Danielson award?" <laughs> Fucking great. You got to love this guy. He's, He's amazing. They did have a moment where they had two minutes of nonstop trying to pin each other. And mm-hmm. it was the roll around the ring. You have the flip. Um, Crucifix, schoolboy, backslide. Everything. Yeah. But two solid minutes. And I'm talking both guys are like working hard. Bryce Rimsberg is slapping the mat every goddamn second for two <laughs> minutes straight. One, two, one, two, one. Once again, got a second. Okay, one, two. <laughs> and, you know, there was talk that he got in shape for this match. He looked great. You know, like you have to be for this thing, to, especially the pace they were going. And I mentioned this, man. They, the pace was pretty all out for most of the match. MJF did a great pile driver on an already broken table. He already put Danielson through the table once at ringside, where everybody goes through right next to that one where the title is. Yep. And then as the table was angled... He held him up as a pile driver, ran over, and did another. Uh, did a pile driver right on top of it. It was a mm-hmm. sick moment. And uh, now there's a part where Danielson does a headbutt off the top rope, and out of nowhere, MJF is bleeding. And I go, ha, he's, ble- he's bleeding now, too. I'm like, how'd that happen in the middle of the ring? And I didn't catch that. He ends up having a giant fucking knot on his head. I think that the headbutt connected. Oh. Something connected because the the knot was not there before that, and then all of a sudden it was just huge. Um, MJF got the heat seeker after those couple of table spots, the one where he did that pile driver. Goes up three to two. Danielson makes him tap out at 49 minutes. So we got 11 minutes left to the match, and now it's 3-3, three, three, and we go all the way to the end. The last minute is a single-leg Boston Crab for like 62 seconds. Shades of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and the sharpshooter all the way to the end. Except as the buzzer goes off, you hear three, two, because the crowd's, of course, chanting it, so MJF knows. As soon as eh, he starts tapping at that moment. Um, and he did that a couple of times where it looked like he was in uh, tapping so Danielson would feel like he got the fall or would win. And both guys are being attended to. MJF is getting oxygen. And now Shivani comes to the ringside and says, Tony Khan has just said that he wants this match to to have a real winner. And it's like, I did see a great meme today. Remember back in the day when Ring of Honor would go a full 60 minutes and then tell you to go fuck yourselves and go home? I'm like, yeah, I like that, dude. Let it end that way. And But to the point of this, he ends up getting Danielson to come over to the ringside area where he's on the ground and hits him in the head with that uh, oxygen tank. Like a little mini one. Yeah. Goes back in the ring and puts on Danielson's label lock. Danielson starts to fight back and then taps out to MJF. So I was like, why are you going to have to go to this point? And he's going to do something real. Like, all right, yeah, you hit him with the with the oxygen tank, but still, hey, Danielson, tap. Hmm. Kind of impressed with this. And then it's funny because I have written here, 
I have all my notes, right? Everything's all written down as, and I wrote, uh, taps to the label. I wrote punk, please. And then I just stood up and was in front of the TV. I'm like, come on, come on. They go, good night, folks. <laughs> See you on dynamite. Yeah. Now I'm going to breeze through this last part here. Do your, do yourselves a favor. If you watched the all out media scrum, not this revolution, I'm talking about all out punk in Mindy's bakery, all of that. Um, Rewatch it. Get familiar with his mannerisms, the looks, how he's talking to all the reporters. MJF comes into the revolution. Media scrum starts doing words like punk. He goes, nobody could touch me. I'm the best in the ring, on the microphone, anywhere. Nobody could touch me. Does that to begin with. I go, hmm. Then he goes all the way over, sits next to to Tony Khan and pulls out pickles. He goes, these are blah, blah, blah pickles. They're from bubble. Blah, blah. Anybody want one? And starts eating them just the same way how he kept eating fucking a muffin <clears throat> and did the, you want some? Did the part where Tony was answering a question and he does that eye look thing. And you know what I'm talking about? The eye roll looking over where he goes, cause he wants me to work with fucking pricks constantly. He's doing all of it. He mentions to one journalist, he goes, well, I'm sure you have journalistic integrity, right? which is something that punk all that shit. And I go, oh my God, he, this is amazing. I didn't think I was going to sit up and watch this. I was so glad I did. It took 20 minutes for it to even happen. I just had it in the background waiting. And I go, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm watching this. He was mimicking so much of the all-out media scrum, but he was eating pickles instead. I was dying. Awesome part. Watch it. You'll appreciate it. Dude. It is, holy shit, nearly an hour and a half. Let's go to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! On a scale of 1 to 10, on what I rank Revolution, I would say it is. it was probably like a 7 of a pay-per-view. On their all-time, nowhere near their, one of their best. And it's funny because how many people are saying MJF and Danielson already match of the year. Fuck out of here, dude. It wasn't. There was a lot of slow parts to it. There's a lot of things that could have been better. Even I will admit that. I like the match. I think it was really good. And they kept mentioning that MJF's longest match in history was 38 minutes. They weren't going to say it was punk. They couldn't say it. But that's how long that dog collar match was. I rewatched it. And so obviously he's getting past that point and getting to the 60. Um, man, two years in a row, he is he is probably having one of the best matches that AEW is having. Match of the year candidate overall for AEW, probably. Wrestling, no. Yeah, I saw a lot of people. That was the problem with watching Twitter. It was hard to get a beat on how the pay-per-view was really going because everybody fucking loved it. Yeah. Well, so. and why I said on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm starting to hate the 10 count. Not starting. I hate the fucking 10 count. Like the standing 10 count? The standing 10 count, the getting back in the ring by 10, everybody gets back in at 9.9. Right. It is annoying. Paige and Moxley had to stand up for, like, it was because it was either you submit or you were knocked out. But part of the knockout is you have to be able to make the standing 10 count for the Texas death match. Last man standing. Same thing, and it was, and he kept doing it, and it like I'm talking like just barely up onto your toes at nine, or like or at nine point nine. It was, it's but then same thing with Danielson getting back in the ring right at the last second. 
why do we have to act like it's the only time? Like, it's so exciting to see the 9.9. How about if you got back in at 7 because you still got more fight left in you? Because if you come back in at 9.9, that means you're damn near done. You should not be doing a triple moonsault off the top of the balcony. Yeah, it's it's an old spot. Jesus. Uh, yeah, go, yeah. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. <laughs> Squirrel. What, the balcony thing? Yep. Tell me you know what I'm talking yep. about. The girl who got yep. thrown off at ICW? Yep. yep. Oh, my God. I don't even... I'm so glad it just got brought up. Was that purposeful? Who gives a shit? It was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. All right. What are you bringing to the table this week? All right. So, as usual, random things I see. When did Taz debut in WWE? WWF? That would be Royal Rumble 2000. And he fought? Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. So, Kurt Angle's in the ring. Uh, They have not announced who his uh, opponent is going to be, and he's cutting a promo. By the way, Taz technically debuted, like, in 96. We saw it. Yeah, very true. So, but anyway. uh, They're in MSG. Angle's cutting his promo time. But oh, my point, my opponent back there, whoever he is, you know, your, your three eyes and all this. And he goes, listen. This is opening up Royal Rumble, by the way, yep. in New York City. So, you know, if we wait around for Ewing and the Knicks to bring home a championship, we'd be waiting forever. It's true. It's damn true. Well, it was and it still is true. God damn you, Kurt Angle. Yep. Speaking of Kurt, uh, side Note to Revolution. You've seen the video of Kurt in TNA where he does a massive jumping moonsault. Not moonsault, but like a forward salt on Abyss. Where Abyss is on the ground outside mm-hmm. and he goes running off the stage. Yep. Jungle Jack Boy Perry. Yeah, I said it that way because that's how Shivani said it. Um, he did it to Christian off the stage at Revolution. Sick moment, man. It was a good spot. And I was like, nice. I looked just like Angle how he did it. Well... I bet you didn't know this, man, but I've been doing a lot of research. On this day in history, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, did a maniacal laugh after telling people that he was rich and you're not. <laughs> now, I'll give that laugh a seven. Okay, let's go to the wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day. We got you. Randy Savage. You know the truth, Randy Savage. You know that if it wasn't for this man, that your mother. Your father would not have a roof over their head today. Oh boy. This is really You personal. know, Randy Savage, that if it wasn't for this man, your brother would be living on a street. 
And you know, Randy Savage, that if it wasn't for this man, you wouldn't be allowed in the building anywhere in the country. And now it's time for you to pay the price. You know this macho clown, he's way, way, way out on a skinny little limb, brother. You know, when the macho man talked about my family, when he drug my family out behind closed doors, behind the guard gate, behind the security, into the filth of his ring, of his atmosphere, he went way over the line. It was your choice to drag your wife into this business, your choice to drag your, excuse me, ex-wife into the dressing rooms, to mingle with the boys, to act like one of the boys, and believe me, she did the boys. Well, let me tell you something, brother. When you cross that line, you put yourself in no man's land. Last week, The Undertaker reappears. He tells the world he's been to the dark side to find the truth. What about that? The truth, the truth. I'll tell the people the truth tonight. Yeah, I will. Let's get raw. Oh, is that your segue? Hey. Okay. <laughs> it's the best segue I had, man. I didn't know how to get into this. I was sitting here looking. I'm like, it works. how do I want to do this, man? There's a lot of things that happen, but I don't have a... a how about I just say, let's get raw. How about this? Let's get nitro. See, it doesn't work as well. Yeah, it doesn't. That is a good point. Maybe I should start this whole segment over. No, no, let's run with it. Let's, let's run with it. It's the wars. They expect nothing less, the three people that are listening. All right. And a half, three and March a half. 9th, 1998. This would have been my brother's 15th birthday. Oh. Yeah, he's hitting the big 4-0 this Thursday, so, yeah. No shit. And about, right. to have a, and about to have a kid, his first kid. Crazy All times. All sorts of good things going on. Yeah, I know, right? Well, meanwhile, while I'm dealing with fucking hoe bags and fucking Auburn, Raw happened 25 years ago. Opens up with a Tyson DX recap, a Kane Taker recap. First match of the night, you get Farouk and the Rock versus Blackman and Shamrock. Nation naturally interferes. It's a DQ. Rock pulls Farouk off Shamrock, says, I want him. Farouk's like, all right, fine. Takes the Nation to the back. They walk off the ramp naturally. Shamrock makes the comeback. Gets the ankle lock on the floor, Rock begging for help, and Farouk has to hold the nation back, saying, no, nah, don't help him. He wanted him all by himself. I like the slow burn of this, uh, of them beginning their feud and stuff, but what's funny is that I'm pretty sure they don't really feud with each other post all this WrestleMania stuff. I don't think Farouk ever really has anything with, with Rocky, does he? I don't think it has much of a life after, and I just keep waiting for it, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll find kinda, out when it happens. That's a shame, but I think he just takes right over, and he's like, that's all right, I'm going to find a guy, and I'll just drink and play poker with him all the time, and we'll just fucking... <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Bradshaw doesn't have much going on any, any, anyway at this point anyway, so... Uh, next, you get Triple H in China of the Ring. They cut a quick promo on Owen. Uh, they replay the footage of Austin eating sweet chin, sweet chin music last week, complete with sound effects. It sounds like a bull whip. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It's like six times in a row. 
Uh, we get a pre-record from HBK. I want to know where he was. He said he had other matters to attend to. It looked like he was in a hockey bar because all the tables looked like uh, air hockey tables, and there was a picture on the wall of like somebody scoring a goal. It was somebody from the Rangers. So No, no, no. Uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when they were playing pool in the basement Yeah, at his house? I think that's the basement. I think it's just like maybe the other side of it. I really? Because there was shit. multiple tables where it looked like a restaurant. Like there was multiple tables. But I mean, I'm just not, know. you know, I wouldn't put it past him to have that. Anyway, I didn't think he was that big of a hockey fan. But um, yeah, and then Triple H goes down. He kicks Kevin Kelly out of his seat, takes his place on commentary. They say they got a camera at the back of the facility waiting for Austin to arrive. And it keeps cutting out every few seconds. We'll see more of that probably. Next, you get Owen versus Barry Windham with Cornette for the European title. Owen confronts Triple H, and Triple H gets really sar- sarcastic and says, Oh, yeah, that was really weird. You know, China interfered last week, and I'm I'm facing Owen at, at WrestleMania, and Owen kept his title. Man, what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> okay, spoon feeding, remember? Video feed goes like out it. again. Yep, video feed My goes out again. Cornette causes the distraction. China lows blow, low blows Owen, and this time Owen falls to the floor. He gets counted out. So this time Owen loses, but still retains his title. Uh, Bradshaw comes out post-match to attack Wyndham. That's how we end that segment. Next, I, it, as cheesy as it was, I think for the time and how they're using The Undertaker, it, it fucking was perfect. Jerry Lawler's in the locker room with Kane and Paul Bear, and he's like, he's like, Paul, you, you sure this guy's not going to hurt me? I just want to make sure I'm all right here. And he's cowering behind Kane. It was fucking great. Classic Lawler. Bear's like, I don't want to talk about Taker. I want to talk about Vader. And they show a video of Vader, you know, after he got hit with the wrench, his head's all bandaged up. He's got two black eyes. And then all of a sudden, the bench, there's a bench behind him. One of the lids of it opens and closes. Well, you cut that out. It wasn't me. Happened. I told you to cut that out. Paul, it wasn't me. And then they all just start flapping and clacking. Paranormal activity style. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was great. And fucking Bear and Lawler Powder and Kane's like, what the fuck's going on here? I know. He didn't move. He no-sold it, which is cool. He's just staring like, oh. He's probably thinking, it's like, oh, whack-a-mole. Yeah, pretty much, right? (laughs) Next, you get Aguilo with Takamichinoku versus Brian Christopher, who has Lawler with him. Uh, Kevin Kelly's back on commentary. He says, he checked with the production truck. There's no technical issues. Um, Lawler is very... uh, Sketched, like squeamish at ringside. He keeps looking, even over his coming shoulder, up to, looking yeah, around. even even yep. coming up to the ring. He's squat, uh, sketched out. Aguila did well. I guess you would say AJ Styles kind of adopted this move, but Aguila did AJ Styles move, but he did it even bad, more badass. He did a like a plancha from the ring to the floor and landed in perfect position to put him into a, like a reverse DDT or a stinger death drop. Uh, AJ does that. He usually will springboard it into the ring from the apron. Uh, Aguila did it to the floor. Pretty cool uh, spot. Uh, the lights start flickering again. We get some creaking noises. Taka pulls Lawler off the apron. Lawler runs him into the post. Lawler crotches Aguila, but the ref sees it. It's a DQ. Uh, Taka attacks the Lawler's post-match. The lights flicker again, and Lawler sees it, and he runs to the back. Oh, I think I know who the glitch is. <laughs> Festus. Next, we get our WrestleMania moment. It's Andre the Giant tossing Anvil to the floor during the Battle Royale right on top of Brett from Mania 2. What can we do to shit on Brett this week? <laughs> How about the time that we threw his brother-in-law right on top of him? 
<laughs> you know, it's cool that they did that because I just watched uh, the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant. Yeah. That was really a good. good one. That was really good. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I got to say this. I thought I would use it for a brand to the table, but I never got a chance to. Um, but I just have to say this right now. I never realized that the match, uh, the dog collar match between Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine was uh-huh. the very first Starcade. I just realized that the other day uh-huh. that it was a Starcade. I never yeah. realized that. It could have been a Great American Bash. could have been anything for all I knew. Never knew it was a Starcade. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to bring. Yeah. No, that's good. I appreciate you. You're talking 1998. I'm talking 1985. Whatever. <laughs> we're, we're close. To, that's close enough, right? <laughs> uh, we get Austin uh, arriving. He's shown walking into the back. He just throws his bag to the ground and goes right to the ring. No music. Uh, says he wants the video truck to play video. It's Vince introducing Mike Tyson from last week saying, unquestionably the baddest man on the planet. Tells him to play it again. He says, it's a slap in the face. It's, you're insulting me. He says, I'm going to sit in this ring till McMahon comes out here and we get this straight. Get your sorry ass out here. He gets a chair. He puts it in the middle of the ring. He barely sits in it. This, I get what they were trying to do, but this just took fucking forever. Because first, Briscoe and Jack Lanza come out. They're trying to get Austin to come. Nope. Go get Vince. Then Slaughter comes to the ring. And Austin with the line of the night, please tell me this is a rib. <laughs> you go, get Which Vince is great because when I was younger, I didn't know what that meant. You know right, I mean? exactly. It's, it's Same funny. here. Yeah. And he tells Slaughter, get Vince, and that's an order, jackass. Vince is shown backstage with Briscoe. He won't go out. Briscoe's telling him he won't do anything until you go out there. JR goes, Austin's holding us all hostage. We go to our break. We return. We Now we have Pat Patterson and security to the ring. One of the security guards is like 68 years old. Austin calls that out, calls him Pops. <laughs> they all leave. Finally, Vince comes back, followed by all the Stooges and security. And Vince's excuse is, hey, it was just a figure of speech. And he flips Vince off and goes, that's a figure of speech. He goes, you don't want me as champ, do you? He goes, if you want me to, if you want me to be your champ, give me a hell yeah. The crowd does. Vince won't. And uh, Austin says, give me your best shot. He rips Vince's jacket. He goes, you got to the count of 10 to get out of here before I kick your ass. And that's it. Yeah, by ripping his jacket, he ripped right down the the pocket on the, like the breast pocket on the yep. outside, right into the inner like lining, handkerchief, and just ripped right down, which is kind of cool. Um, I as soon as he started asking him this, I remembered where this goes to, and I'm excited for this, and and you'll see. Yeah, I, I get there. Yeah, the suspense is killing me. I don't know what's going to happen next. Hope it'll last. Next, you get the Quebecers. Turns out he wants them to be champion. They get along. <laughs> they become friends. And they buy a little house. In... Mm-hmm. No, 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 I can't yeah. keep going. Go ahead. Quebecers versus Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. The video cuts out, slowly comes back. Cactus gets the win. But Road Dog comes out in a sling saying, hey, you know, you know, I'm fucking, I'm hurt. But, uh, you know, Chainsaw, your fucking old ass is hurt, too. You ain't 100%, so why don't you come out here and get some? Uh, Cactus ends up running out, but Billy slides into the back, hits Funk with the chair, beats him up a little bit, powders. I fucking forgot to do it. Badass Billy Gunn is wearing a badass coffee shirt, which is from Hawaii. Uh, I've had their coffee. I've been to their shops when I've been in Hawaii. I actually have a badass coffee shirt myself. I was going to wear it. Is it coffee badass? Yes, it is. Nice. It is. That's badass. Cool story, bro. 
Next, the lights go out. When you they did they present like <clears throat> different kinds of coffee and be like, do you like these? You want some of these? They did not. They did not. I Just probably would have needed to change my shorts if it happened back then. So, but that's a different story altogether. Anyway, the lights go out. We hear Kane's music. Bear cuts a promo on Taker. The bell tolls. The lights go out. And this is the hard part, you know, uh, of, of this show because when the lights go out, everybody's camera flashes are going like crazy. Uh, the lights come back up. Taker's in the ring. Bearer just yells, no, no, no. The lights go out. Lights come back up, and Taker's gone. That's it. And that is raw. It is not raw. Uh, there's still a lot more. It's <laughs> a joke. <laughs> it was pretty raw. You know what was raw? The next part. Gold Dust versus Marrow. With one stipulation, Luna and Sable are going to be handcuffed to the ring post. Luna still the other stipulation that Dustin decided to go back to straight regular Gold Dust character. But he's still being announced as the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude was straight up like, like what kind of androgynous shit do you have today? I didn't bring anything. <laughs> okay, well, I guess wear your regular gear. Yeah, I got, I got the wig, so we're good. Uh, yeah, Luna still gets involved. She trips Marrow at one point. Um, Luna, Goldust starts freaking out Sable, taunting her, you know, doing the whole rubbing the chest and flicking the sweat at her. Luna doesn't like it. Naturally, we get a ref bump. Goldust gets the keys. Tease is giving it to Sable, but unlocks Luna's cuffs. And they figure the best way to get at Sable is to make her not pretty by rubbing makeup, smearing makeup all over her face. Uh, he, Luna does choke her out a little bit and then throws water in her face. Uh, they start heading up the ramp. Uh, Patterson unlocks Sable's cuff, cuffs. She tries to go after him. She gets stopped. I felt uh, so bad for her. felt like crying. Poor girl just wanted to look pretty. Now she ugly. I'm sorry. I, I, can you don't like I, to hear I, dead air. I, I, I didn't hear. I know exactly. That's what I did. <laughs> okay. The crickets. That's where the crickets go. Uh, JR interviews Tyson. I couldn't even like take notes on this. It was, you know, uh, basically, how can you be fair with your association with DX? You haven't used somebody to get where you are now. And Tyson just walks off. Your main event, Savio versus Triple H. I think there was three minutes left when this started. You've got all the Stooges and refs at ringside, basically you know, trying to prevent Austin from getting in there. But Austin goes to the ring. He just hits Briscoe with a stunner. He hits the ref with a stunner. Savio Vega with a stunner. And then Shawn Michaels slides in, hits Sweet Chin Music. And then Lawler uses a line from Spaceballs. Evil will always triumph because good is stupid. Or good is dumb. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. you were going to say, how many assholes do we have on this ship? <laughs> no, Yo. That's next week. Uh, and they tease uh, a chair shot to Austin from Shawn Michaels, and they go off the air. We are building towards that. I feel like nothing else is really set, though. They, I mean, they keep teasing stuff with uh, New Age Outlaws and Foley and uh, right. Chainsaw, but they haven't set a match yet. I don't think anything is really official except for the main event at this point. I mean, Kane and Taker is obviously being teased, but well, Bearer has said said for WrestleMania. Bearers brought it up, but what about Rocky and uh, they've yeah they've announced that one yeah because they've talked about that's going to be for the IC title and then Owen and Triple H that's another one they've already teased that. So so. all right, so we're getting there. We're getting a couple couple matches. We're getting there. 
No, we're good. I think we're pretty ironed up. It's funny, right, any so, other pay-per-view, we wouldn't give a shit, but it's WrestleMania. I know, so right? I know what the build is looking like. Pretty much. Well, let's see what the go-home show for Nitro is as they're heading into Uncensored. There you go. Uh, something that you know I've heard a million times over the weeks, and I just never brought it up. Mike Tanay's nickname is The Professor. You should probably sue him. Are you shitting me that you never knew that? No, I knew that. I just said. You didn't hear me what I just said? I just said I've been hearing it for months now. I've just never said it out loud. Oh, I thought you meant you never heard it until now. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wow, man. Yeah. You know how long so, we've been doing this show? At least. I don't know. It's been a long time. <laughs> we, I'll uh, take him a bit off. See if I can get some money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Worth a shot. We get a promo from Macho Man from the past Thunder. It's on Hogan. He's talking about dissension in the NWO. And he, Elizabeth, who's the real man? <laughs> And then Macho says to Hogan, you want to know who the real man is? Ask your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Show's getting personal. I like it. Yeah. Same here. Uh, we open up with the cat versus Damien. Billy Blanks wins. Next, you get Bischoff and Hogan to the ring. I'm just going to say this now instead of to, at the end. If you just looped the NWO music for about an hour and a half, you would get a gist for half of this show. Yeah. Bischoff and Hogan to the ring. Bischoff calls out Macho. And Macho says, I'm sorry, Hogan says, Macho. No, Bischoff. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, my notes suck. Bischoff Wait, who's says. Who's on first? <laughs> let's not go there. Bischoff says, Macho, if it wasn't for Hogan, your parents wouldn't have a roof over their head. Your brother would be living on the streets. And you wouldn't be allowed in the building. And Hogan says, yeah, you know, your wife, your ex-wife wanted to be one of the boys. She wanted to hang out with the boys. She acted like the boys and did the boys. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that gets you cut, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, you know he's an unhinged dude. Yeah. So uh, we get Gene. He's at Duke University. That's where my brother got his doctorate. I was on campus there once. Very nice facility. Uh, they yeah. had very nice uh, facilities there. Yeah, nice, indeed. Uh, yeah. And the Nitro girls were there with a smattering. Next, you get Lenny Lane versus Sick Boy, and we see a new member of the flock who debuted on Thunder. He's actually bigger than Hammer, which is impressive. Sick Boy wins. Do you know who this member is? Who is it? It's Reese. Do you know what the former incarnations of Reese were? Meaning his previous character? Mm-hmm. Characters. Uh, was he a Dungeon of Doom guy? Maybe. I can't uh, think of his name right now. What is so, it? So he was Big Ron Stud. Remember Big Ron Stud? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yep, yep, yep. And he was the Yeti. Yeti, there it is. <laughs> How can I forget one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time? <laughs> it's like young Frankenstein, man. Uh, Mike Tanay's in the ring with the Giants since Gina's on assignment. Uh, Giants facing Nash at Uncensored against Doctor's Orders. He gets a big pop when he comes out. Um, says, hey, you know, I've been here since 2 p.m. looking for Nash. Can't find him. Uh, a couple of friends of mine heard Hogan run in his mouth. Macho and Sting are his two friends. Uh, Macho says, hey, Hogan's saying I'm alone. I don't feel alone. 
Hogan, if you can get two guys from the NWO that won't stab you in the back, it, it's going to be a six-man tag. Hooray. It's cool. I haven't seen any of these people lock up before. I was kind of looking forward to this one a lot. No, why spoil it for the pay-per-view? Uh, next, fucking Goldberg has another squash match, but it was against Barry Darso. And when I say Barry Darso, I mean just Barry Darso and a just pair Barry of red Darso. trunks. Not, <laughs> not Smash, not Repo Man. I don't know what else he has done, but he was not. He, I think he even did a stint as Doink, but he was he did? just Barry Darso. And I'd never seen Barry Darso wrestle as Barry Darso yeah. until this wrestling. He was in match. war games when they had everybody march into the rings. He was one of them. Yeah, but that, that was about it. Next, we return to Genies at Duke pushing the hotline with War. Kimberly you Page. meant World War Three. Thank you. Yeah, World War like, Three Part Barry Five. Barry Darso was never in a War Games match, dude. <laughs> Did I say War Games? Oh, yeah, my bad. Yes, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, World War Three for sure. Uh yeah, we get Scott Hall to the ring. He says, "Hey, no time for a survey. We got to f- solve a few problems in the NWO." He's wearing a Hogan shirt. Uh, he says he doesn't like Macho's talk about Hogan, uh, and I'll be your teammate later tonight. Uh, he calls out Sting. He says, Hollywood, I got your back. We go to break. We come back from break, and it's Nash to the ring putting on a Hogan shirt. You want a war? You got one. Hogan, your enemies are my enemies. You'll never have a friend like me. I'll be on your team tonight. They could have just done this all in came one out shot. Yeah. Because you know that they're drawing out. How in the shit are we doing three hours worth of stuff tonight? It shows. Well, how about instead of the outsiders coming out and saying this, how about we say them separately saying the same thing? Yeah, makes sense. We'll do it later with Buff and stuff. We'll do it later with Harlem Heat. (laughs) Conan and everything. Yeah, we're heading. Dude, Yeah, we're going to get there very quickly. Oh, it's Promo City tonight. Kidman versus Malenko. Malenko wins. Uh, It's great. Jericho's at ringside. He's telling the flocked flock. And they end up just jumping Jericho instead. So that was hour one. Heading into hour two. If you didn't get enough of Hogan and Bischoff, you get him again. I'm not even going to get into what they said because I didn't pay attention. Uh, next, you get Brian Adams versus Chaos with Rage. Chaos and Rage are high voltage. Uh, Adams wins. Next, apparently, they were scrounging so much to kill time that they couldn't figure out how this next segment was supposed to go. Conan comes to the ring. He's supposed to be fighting Hoovy this week. He cuts a pre-match pro- promo, La Rasa, and he says, you can't just get a match against me. Put a couple ice cubes in your Hoovy juice and just chill, Holmes. <laughs> I did I did like that. <laughs> Is that a diss? A compliment? I don't know what that is. (laughs) Whatever it was, I liked it. Uh, He says, hey, I found somebody just like you. Same height, same weight, same flying ability. If you can beat him, then you can face me. Conan calls somebody out, but Hoovy comes out. And even commentary is like, well, he called somebody out, so is Conan facing Hoovy, or are they not fighting each other? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for a moment a... i thought i was confused and i was like should i rewind and see what i missed here in that promo <laughs> no no uh scott norton ends up coming out and norton wins um they do a uh <laughs> it's like they were like what do you want us to say out there just fuck around i don't care say what you guys want to out there say you're gonna have a match with who i don't know just say you're having a match at some point go <laughs> yeah, just go just you got five minutes 
Uh, yeah, we get a, a, a preview of a match coming up at Uncensored. It's going to be DDP versus Raven versus Benoit, a triple jeopardy match. It's just a three-way match for the U.S. title. Next, Suck get, it, Trebek. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. DDP and Benoit, naturally, are going to face Raven and Saturn. Benoit and DDP are sort of arguing pre-match. Benoit has Saturn in the crossface, and meanwhile, DDP hits an avalanche cutter off the top on top of Benoit, breaking the hold. They fight off, get counted out, Saturn and Raven win. And we go back to Duke, where Gene is hawking Domino's pizza. (laughs) I mean, tatters and pizza, I mean, you can't really go wrong there. These segments pay for themselves. They do. They were the only thing that was probably the most amusing part of Nitro this week for me. It was just watching. It's like, was he going through like an alcoholic period? And they're like, what if we just send him to every college around the the area? Just have him get drunk. Yeah. What's the way get free exposure? He gets free booze. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Yeah. So we're starting hour three. We get Conan with Vincent versus Bulldog and Bulldog wins unceremoniously. It just kind of happened. (laughs) <laughs> whoops next you get Mike Tanay in the ring with Ric Flair woo I like I didn't even bother taking notes on this rambling promo <laughs> it wasn't it's like funny because all he's doing is talking shit about Kurt Henning but Kurt Henning's gonna be facing Hennig wow I did it again mm. Kurt's gonna be facing Breaded Uncensored so exactly. why is he riffing with him yeah good question uh, next you get Disco Dirtbag versus Jericho Jericho has his Monday Night Jericho shirt on and thankfully Jericho wins we go back to Duke University. Gene's there, and something was going on. I rewound it a couple times trying to figure out what was happening. But Gene's doing his shtick, and he's got his college kids lined up on his left. And all of a sudden, Gene just goes, hey, give it a rest, pal. <laughs> I don't know what was going on, but it was fucking great. It was fucking great. And then Gene it. goes, all right, now we're going to play a game. We're going to turn the lights off and play Who's in My Mouth. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Monkey, monkey, who's got the monkey? <laughs> come on, monkey, come on, monkey. <laughs> Next, you get Chavo versus Booker T for the TV title, but Eddie follows Chavo to the ring, doesn't jump him, just talks to him. Uh, Booker tells Eddie to get the fuck out of there. Chavo jump starts it. Uh, Eddie disappears. It gets called out by commentary. Booker wins, and then Eddie comes back, and he's facing Booker at Uncensored for the title. He hugs Chavo, then brainbusters him. Again, just go kill a couple minutes, guys. <laughs> Next, I mean, since Flair cut the promo, why not have the match? Kurt Hennig versus Rick. I'm sorry, Kurt Hennig with Rick Rude versus Rick Flair. Uh, Flair gets a chair at one point, gets Hennig up in the tree of woe, puts the chair on his face, but the NWO runs in. It's a beatdown. They put Flair in the tree of woe, uh, but Brett makes the save, has a little face-off with Hennig. 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 Next, Scott Steiner and Scott Norton, because why not have him wrestle twice on one show because you don't have enough things to do on this show, versus Luger and Rick Steiner. Luger and Scott fight off. It's a double countout. Hooray. So, NWO Steroids Edition, Scott Norton and Scott Steiner. Yep. Next, uh, your main event. It is Hogan, Nash, and Hall versus Macho, Giant, Sting. This is your standard face-heel match, just in six-man tag form. Uh, The Disciple interferes with the ref distracted. Hogan gets the pin C on Thunder. 
the disciple part, he finally said his name there. The comments, um, they said apocalypse. Because he goes, because Hogan to the camera, <clears throat> he goes, this is the apocalypse now. And they go, oh, the apocalypse. And he goes, but they were talking over it and they completely missed the part uh, where he was saying, he goes, and this is the disciple right here, brothers. And they were like, well, we'll see on Thunder. Disciples of Apocalypse. He's the disciple of the apocalypse. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's the disciples of the barbers. You know what? That whole show was so well written out, it reminds me of a movie that I watched on my honeymoon. Let's go to the movie of the week. So, uh, <clears throat> oh, I'm getting choked up. About this Rooney. <laughs> Over 10 years ago, I was in Montana, and we were uh, during the honeymoon. We had this awesome cabin that we were in, and they had a cool theater room. So we went to Redbox. We're like, let's find something scary. Yeah, let's get scared. Let's watch a good horror movie. And we rented Cabin in the Woods. Now, walking into this movie, Lemaski Odium, did you think same thing? Horror, suspense kind of thing? Yeah, just to give you a little insight, I mean, we were kind of in the same uh, scenario. This is about a month or two ago, uh, just home with the family. And like, oh, let's pop in a movie. Nobody can agree. Well, we'll just go with a horror movie there. So there's Cabin in the Woods. Let's watch that. All right. My man, please take this away. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Oh, God. So, no idea. The only name that I recognize in the movie is Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor in the Avengers franchise. I'm going to fucking really... Mm, I know the one guy in there, too. He's uh, He used to be in Grey's Anatomy. <clears throat> Let's move on. Boo! <laughs> Why do you know hey, that? Why do you know that? Because one day I'd like to become a doctor and have sex in call rooms, or on call rooms all the time. <laughs> Well, I think you're 0 for 2 there, but that's fine. Let's move on. Anyway, so this movie, it starts off, and they're like, a, it just seems like they're like in a big office building or something, and you got two scientists walking down. Third one runs up to them. There's chit-chatting inside talk. Thank you, and, scientist. Yeah, exactly. And then, But then they get to a point where they seem like they're in an underground bunker, and the facility must be big because they get into a golf cart, and they drive off, and they leave the one woman behind. And then they, flat, they literally do like the freeze frame. Cabin in the woods. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with a cabin in the woods? Okay, fine. I see no cabin. I see no woods. Exactly. So then it literally... I didn't even see a girl's titties yet. This is the worst (laughs) horror movie opening ever. Well, (laughs) so (laughs) then then they go into like the movie of what I expect. Okay? You go into... You see a room and it's two girls. They're chatting about scorned lovers and they're in college. They're talking about classes and whatever. And then Chris Hemworth comes in. And his buddy comes in, and they're all shooting the shit. And, you know, you're getting your introduction, and you're seeing the characters. And you got, you're kind of figuring it out. It, it's, it's the tropes that you expect. The jock, the slut, the nerd, the virgin. So they get all their shit, and they got, they got a little RV. So they're loading up, and then their one buddy, who's the stoner, comes driving up. This is, this, this is the best fucking part of the movie. He's smoking a bong while he's driving the car. It's, the car is completely hotboxed. Okay. 
He opens the door, smoke comes pouring out. He's got, it looks like one of those, a standard-ass travel mug, a silver one with the handle on it. But it's telescoped to like to where the bottom goes all the way to the floor of the car and comes up to his mouth. He gets out, he collapses it on itself, takes the stem out, and it stores in the handle. I want to know, does that product exist, or did they mock that up for the film? Because it was pretty amazing. It's funny you say that because I remember on the honeymoon, you know, Everything's back in, you know, home. And I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. We got to remember that when we get home. I got to make one of those. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was pretty badass. Um, and then the best part is he unrolls his window to let the smoke out. He closes the door and he locks it. And he walks away with the window wide open. It was like they obviously thought about that. It was clever. The stoner dude is the best part of the whole thing. Okay. So, uh, shitty jokes, they get in the RV, they pull away, and as they pull away, camera pans back, but also up to the top of the building. Target acquired. This was my first moment where I just kind of throw my hands up in the air, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Somebody tell me what's going on, please. Can we start over? I think I missed something. (laughs) Exactly. Is this the right movie? I think I actually did pause it at one point. Like, did I play the right movie? They're driving, stoners rolling up joints and shit, getting high as fuck. They're, again, more pointless banter. Uh, one of them says the GPS doesn't work. Oh, we're off the grid or something. They go back to the underground bunker where the scientists have them on GPS and have their location. And they're kind of just talking. And the way that they're talking with all the other people in this bunker is they're being very subtle, so you don't really know what they're talking about. But you know something's going on. They stop at a gas station. They meet some creepy old dude. And they get gas and they bounce. They pull up to this beautiful... You see this beautiful mountain scene with a tunnel. The RV goes in the tunnel and you see this eagle flying around. And it starts to fly to the other side where the the tunnel empties out. And boom! Hits an invisible force field and disintegrates feathers. I again throw my hands up saying, What the fuck is going on? (laughs) So they're basically cutting back from the bunker to the college kids. Back and forth, back and forth. They get to the cabin. It's a shithole. They do truth or dare. The slut makes out with a fucking, I don't even know what you would call it, like a taxidermied fucking wolf's head. That was creepy as fuck. They find uh, a trap door to the basement. They all go in and they all find something specific. Now, up to this point, the people in the bunker are all placing bets on stuff. Mm-hmm. So the one girl who uh, would be your virgin in the scenario finds a diary. One finds like an old music box. One finds some old film. One finds like a necklace on a wedding dress. Uh, I forget what the other, oh, like a puzzle box. And they're all, it's all, and she starts reading the diary. Everybody starts cheering in the fucking bunker. They were placing bets on who was going to do what. It was like a choose-your-own-story, and they have a board. Uh, Who had fucking uh, zombie rednecks? Oh, the science team. All right, you guys win the pot. What the fuck is going on here? It's kind of across. You ever seen the movie Rat Race? Oh, I love Rat Race. Oh, the fucking Hitler part with fucking John Lovitz. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. So, But this part right here is... Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Cleese. John Cleese right here. Like everybody's all doing the bets on things. And 
this is a, it felt like that but again it's supposed to be a fucking horror, horror movie, horror movie it's yeah. labeled horror by the way it doesn't say drama suspenseful really fucking off the wall stupid yeah just so she, she reads something in latin at the end and then you see the fucking zombies start raising from the dead it's basically the characters from that diary so chris hemsworth uh, the jock and the slut his girlfriend they go out to the woods and this is where it gets even more of a mind fuck. Basically, they're going to have sex, and like all the men that are in the bunker are all crowded around the screens with like popcorn and drinks. Show us the goods. Show us the goods. She wants to make love. No. Release the pheromones. You see fucking pheromone spray come out. She changes her mind. Oh, it's too dark. They push a lever. It lights up on one part. So they go to have Speaking sex. Speaking of other things, so besides that collapsible cup, where else do you guys get that... Uh... It's a pheromone spray. (laughs) (laughs) So she naturally takes her top off, and they're like, oh, there we go. Shows her titties, and then the fucking zombies come in. They behead her. Chris Hemsworth is able to get away. Uh, Goes back to the cabin. They all get locked in separate rooms. Hemsworth ends up getting killed. The stoner's in his room, and he knocks over a lamp, and he sees there's a camera there. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, oh, Oh, shit, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He starts pulling on it. He's seeing the cable pull out of the wall. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? He's freaking out. He he figures something's up. Meanwhile, one of the fucking zombies pulls him through the windows, and they go over a hill, and you see a splatter of blood. All right, he's dead. So we go back, and the, the nerd and the virgin, who just met, but they were making out at one point already, they get in the RV like, we're getting the fuck out of here. They're like, blow the tunnel, blow the tunnel, blow the tunnel. Oh, actually, you know what? Chris Hemsworth did not die. Chris Hemsworth is with them at this point, the jock. Mm-hmm. They get, they're get, they just about to get out of the tunnel, and it blows. So they back out, and there's a motorbike on the back, and they're looking. He's like, I can jump it. I can jump it. I'll jump it. I'll get help. You guys wait here. Okay. So he drives up the road a bit, gets a head start, hits the jump, and... Hits the invisible force field and just fucking explodes. At this point, I started laughing hysterically because I had no other recourse at this point. I couldn't help it. I started laughing my ass off. I'm like, now what? we're fighting invisible walls. What the fuck is going on? Yep. So they're like, well, fuck it. We got to go back to the cabin. There's got to be a way out that way. So they go out and the fucking dude is driving. He gets stabbed in the neck. So the RV goes flying into a body of water. She's fighting with the fucking. With one of the zombies, she's the last one standing, and everybody in the bunker's all happy because they need this to resolve. They need it. The virgin doesn't have to die, but as long as she's the last one to die, everything's good. The virgin has to die last, and she's the last one. So whether she dies or not, who gives a fuck? Mission accomplished. They're popping bottles. They're happy as she's hell. She's pulling your tits out going, obviously, some of these? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the stoner is back with his collapsible bong. He takes a swipe at the zombie. Horror 101, if you don't see a character die, they're not dead. So they escape. He takes her to where he fell in over that little bunker earlier, and it's a fucking elevator. Why not? So he's able to rig it somehow. He figures out how to hotwire it, and they go down, and they end up in this Rubik's Cube of elevators where they keep seeing all these different monsters. 
So they escape, and everybody in that underground bunker is, because that's where it leads to, is trying to get at them. But they open up the gates, so all the monsters come out, and the monsters just start killing everybody. And then the remaining two end up getting down to this little subterranean area. And then Sigourney Weaver comes out. (laughs) I'm Zool. And basically, oh, and the other part is too, when they were in the underground bunker, they're showing like Beijing, Paris, Kuwait, you know, all these different places around the world trying to do the same thing. There was one part, they had the one in Japan where all the kids were, had this demonized girl. They all started chanting around her and turned her into a frog and like, yay, your body, your soul is now forever trapped in this frog. That was another moment. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Sigourney Weaver explains that everybody around the world does this shit because if they don't do it every so often, the ancient gods will destroy this world. And that the virgin has to die last. The virgin hears it. And she makes a joke out of it. She goes, virgin? She's like, close enough. <laughs> Basically saying, she's not a virgin, but it's close enough. You fit the rule. She finds a gun and she's going to kill the stoner because she's like, I don't want the world to die. So guess what, bitch? You're going to die before she can shoot the stoner. A werewolf or some animal attacks her, fucks her up. The stoner throws Sigourney Weaver over the edge into the fiery pits of the ancient gods. And they're like, well, so the stoner and the virgin just kind of sit next to each other, all battered and bruised like, well, I guess the world's going to end. He lights up a joint. They smoke it. Everything starts crumbling. You see the cabin, a giant fist comes up, smashes it, smashes the ground, and that's the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> I remember. This is the most cracked out. I like. I don't even know like how to put this in words. Like I, that was the best that I could do. I couldn't write like a synopsis, and like this is just the most batshit crazy. Like I don't know if they did this tongue in cheek or if they thought they were being clever. I feel like Nightwing wrote this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so every 30 seconds, we're going to see some titties, okay? It would have made it better, man. It would have made it better. Fucking hell. That was, it really is a really bad, awesome, horrible movie. What's sad is I bet you that's going to become like a cult classic because it's so horrible. Kind of like the one that I just added to our our doc for a couple months from now, about a month from now. It's a good one. Um, I like this. I like going through and just breaking down how good or horrible it's getting throughout the whole way because, you know, the next one you have on the list in a couple of weeks, that's great to break down the suspense of things, you know, oh, yeah. excellent movie. But this one right here, you just don't know what's going to happen next. You're like, I think the drugs are just getting harsher and harsher as this movie's going along. <laughs> yeah. It like, yeah, it just it progressively you're like. What the fuck? Wait, wait, what the fuck is going on? Seriously, what the fuck is going on? And then it's just like, I'm just going to laugh because this is so ridiculous. Cabin in the Woods. You heard it from us. Excellent movie. Check it out. <laughs> Have some chicken nuggets before you do. You a have to really appreciate ton. that movie. A shit ton. Well, next week we're back with an awesome, awesome top topic. This was a personal choice done by ODM and my God. God, I am happy that we are going to be doing this next week. You know, our show, it took its own evolution, just like how most shows do, except unlike AEW, we got better. And, you know, our top topics used to be top 50 this, top 20 this, <laughs> top this, top that, top 180 this. 
and every logo, because every show had a top topic, and every logo was about the topic. Mm -hmm. And then just one day, I think it has to go all the way back to Scott Hall and that couch. Yep. Um, Our logos just took a, a wide right turn into another dimension, and our logos evolved into its own entity of the show. Yeah. And next week, our top topic, we are breaking down some of our favorite logos. And we've mentioned, you know, just recently, the my dickhead brother, the one where Kevin Green <laughs> is eating Slim Jim. You know, and the names for that one. and logos don't necessarily match up at all. Oh, no. No. Sometimes What's they funny do. is that someone, actually, if I'm not mistaken, someone wrote to us, yo, yeah. not cool, bro, yeah. for the Kevin Green one. And I'm like, first of all, he's not my brother, you dickhead. <laughs> and if you listen to the show, I'm talking about my dickhead brother making me miss a pay-per-view in June. That's what it was about. Um, we have some great logos. I mean, it's it, we're going to break them down next week. It'll be a lot of fun. If I'm not mistaken, if you go right to the Facebook page, probably just go right in order right along with us if you want to at that time. I'm excited for that. Next week, we have that. We'll be breaking down the Monday Night Wars with Uncensored 25 years ago. We'll also be talking about the fallout from Revolution. Did Hobbs end up winning? You know, oh, my God. I said the the face of Revolution ladder match, and we talked so much about Commander, I completely forgot to talk about Hobbs won, and the referees held the fucking ladder. Yeah, because it was Like, every referee came out of the back to hold it. Yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. Wow, completely forgot. Ha, take that, Buster. Can't fact check that one. Um, We'll be back next week, hopefully with no facts being checked. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. He is ODM. His favorite number is five. That's like the number of words he's going to leave you with right now. You want some of these? <laughs> the way you move your chest is just fucking fantastic. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Plantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. No, 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 no. So, uh, Mike and April were, were gonna. They got, they were wanted to go to this brew fest in Auburn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out that's there right. is, is is Prison City Brewing is out in Auburn, which is hilarious because you can see the prison right from the fucking from the brewery. 
Uh, so they did a fire and ice festival. Like all week they were doing like these outdoor ice sculptures and stuff. And it was like celebrating women and craft beer. And, and it culminated on Saturday with a brew fest. You know, food trucks. I have 15, 20 different breweries there. They had ice sculptures. They had fucking a skee-ball machine. Not a machine, but a skee-ball board made out of ice. Oh, with, like shit. balls that you could actually throw. They had uh, ice sculpted cornhole boards. Nice. With bean bags. So you could, yeah, I mean, it, it was nice. They had fire dancers there. They had live music. We had a great time. Great time. Never uh, heard of such things. So, it sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. So, you know, we're just doing our thing. And, you know, and it, it, there was a ton of, you know, it, it was it was a great event because we were all together. We all did our own thing. We all hung out together. There was a lot of little stories throughout the night that just kind of made it great. Uh, there was one point where I'm standing in line for the bathroom and all of a sudden some chick just goes, woo! So naturally I just go, woo! And it was like lethal and flair. We just kept doing it back and forth. And then I did the promo. And you could tell everybody else is like, what the fuck is wrong with these assholes? It was Whatever so Whatever you guys are on, you know, can you share? <laughs> yeah. And then there was another point like where that was like, okay, so most of the stuff was outside, but then they had like, it's like their tasting room, right? So you walk in, the bathrooms are on the left, so there was, like, lines. And people were being courteous. They were lining, so they weren't blocking that. But then to the right was the tasting room, and then the back was the actual, uh, you know, brewery where they had tables and live music and more tasting rooms and stuff. So there was a lot of traffic, and Mike and I had just gotten beers. We're trying to get out, and everybody just stopped. And I just yelled, keep it moving! (laughs) And everybody started moving. I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that worked. Um, Again, you know, lots of little things here and there. It was a good time. But... The main story, the, the unforgettable one. Wait, before I forget, we went to uh, a brew festival. Oh, it's still one of my once. favorite pictures. Yeah, man. It's still one of my favorite pictures. Nick, Nick and I had just went golfing. He, his face is all sunburned. Yep. It's the middle of summer, and we're outside in the sun, and his Frontier. face is all sunburned. He's just like... Frontier field, He's got this man. pissed off look. Yeah, and you and John are making the silliest faces we, ever, just having a blast. Yeah, We rode like five, six people home in a cab. To back to I remember that Dave's Mercer's place. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that because he because he said yeah the the cab number is easy to remember two three two three two three two. And didn't I? I'm the one who, if I'm not, I'm the one who officially named Swale Johnny Swale because <laughs> he kept talking about swaling. I go, what the fuck is swaling? And I just kept calling him swale all night. And then apparently everybody's like, nah, that's what we still call him. I'm like, I haven't even seen this guy since. And I named him. No shit. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. That was an unforme- unforgettable night. That was one of my favorite. I see that night. picture on. Ev- yeah. Only beer I see that picture really gone I chuckle. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's much smaller footprint, obviously. Right. Uh, but, okay. But anyway. So the best part of your story. So. Yeah, so I think Jackie and April are doing something, and me and the boys wanted to go have a smoke. So there was like kind of like a back entrance, right? I mean, it was just a couple steps to the back parking lot. You know, some people were coming in that way, but we're like, that's where people seem to be smoking. You could see butts in like the snow on top of the trash can. So like, we're gonna go smoke. So go smoke. And I look up, and you know, there's you know, there's some other people that just walked up, and there's this one chicken, a Syracuse hoodie. And I see her, like, I just look up every once in a while. She's like frantically like searching and spasming, and like I don't know if she's looking at her purse and her pockets. And I'm like, what the fuck is up with this chick? I'm like, all right, whatever. Looking for and I know she's got, maybe, but she's got one of those stick batteries in her hand. You know, like the vapes, you know, the douchey oh, okay, vapes. Yeah. I used to use one. You know, I was like a big, taser? I see, <laughs> yeah, I see she's she's got one in her hand. And that made me remind, it reminded me of myself that I'd brought this thing with me. So I look up at the boys. I'm like, hey, guys, I brought the thing with me. If you want it, just let me know. This fucking chip pops up. She's like, vape pen? 
I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> That's like, all I could think of was like Goodfellas, like hanging on my neck, like impending doom. What? So like I pause. It's funny. You and I'm thought like, that. I first thought of uh, Snoop Dogg in Half Baked. We actually talked about that last night when we were recanting the story. That's what we were like, fucking scavenger. <laughs> so she fucking says that. She's staring at me. And like I pause for a second. The gears start moving. It's like, okay, which way do I go with this? I go, no, nah, I'm going to pull my dick out, see if they want to take a poke real quick. <laughs> and she was like, oh. she goes, she, she goes, well, it's 2023. You never know. I was like, ah, good answer. Good answer. And Mike's like, oh, boy, I've seen this movie before. So we fucking leave, right? And we're joking about it, right? Like, Mike's when like, you, you said have such to con- pretend to do something homosexual with your buddies just to get out of letting someone else smoke off your fucking vape pen. <laughs> right. Needless to say, I didn't give it to her. Needless to say, I didn't give it to her, all right? So fucking, we're telling this story all night. We're giggling about it. You know, it's hilarious. Get a herpy like so at one point uh, MJF we're in, like, one head. Well, so we we go. We're in one sitting in one of the beer tents. We're we're at one of the tables. We're kind of just hanging there. And I see her walking in. I'm like, oh god, here she comes. And I kind of turn my back. Her and her friends go in. They come out. They leave. I'm like, all right, we dodged a bullet there. I think it was towards the end of the night. We're like, all right, fuck it. Let's uh, let's go have another cigarette. So we go have a cigarette. Fucking all of a sudden, this broad comes walking around the corner, hiking up her pants, fucking talking all loud and shit. She's like, that's the best goddamn piss I ever took in my life. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> She's like, fuck, fuck that. I'm not waiting in line. I just went out to the woods and took a piss. I'm like, I mean. That's not what I thought uh, you were going to say. I'm like, well, I mean, I give you props for that. So I took out the vape pen and I handed it to her. And she hits it. Now, here's the fucked up part. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me back this the fuck up. Did you just say this girl walks out of the woods, hiking up her pants, says, I just took a glorious piss. Knowing mm-hmm. god damn well there is nothing to wash her fucking hands with. And you said, here's my vape pen? Yeah. She wasn't putting it in her pussy, man. I'm sorry. In the words of you, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> well, the beer was flowing like wine, so, you know. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Remind me to not share shit with you anymore. <laughs> Her lips were the thing that bothered me the most. All right, so here's the fucked up thing. She hits it. The next 15 seconds, probably, maybe even 30 seconds, I really don't remember what was said. Mike seems to recall me saying I told her it was a sympathy hit. But I don't remember what the fuck I said to her. All that I know is the next thing I fucking know, she is in my face going, You want some of this? And I'm like, so again, my brain freezes for a second. And I'm like, some chick's just rubbing her tits in my face. Like, not in my face, but like she's, and I'm like, but it was disappointing. There wasn't a whole lot going on there. And I just look at her and I go, no one decided to take a picture. Again, I froze. Like, again, I mean, like, not even like later on, be like, we got to get a picture to remember this girl to show everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. It didn't end like that. So I just stop. I look at her. I go, meh, I got better at home. John's head comes in from the side and he goes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't even remember what the fuck happened after that. All I know is we're walking away and all I hear is, fuck you! And I turn around and I go, you could only be so lucky. And we walked off. That was the last we saw her. <laughs> I'm surprised John didn't go, 
But, you know, I find those to be pretty goddamn exquisite. No, he actually he actually said to her, he goes, he goes, I've got more going on here than you do. Because again, it didn't look I mean it basically looked like what I'm doing right now. There wasn't. Oh, okay. That's not what I pictured. I I pictured something completely different then. I you didn't I don't know. No, she literally just put her hands on on her sweatshirt and just started fucking going like this. You want some of this? Let me know that there was nothing there. I I imagined something more than you were seeing. In real yeah, life. Dude, it was it was <laughs> That's pretty hysterical, it a, dude. It was a fucking trip. Now I'm gonna pull my dick out, see if they want to take a poll real quick. <laughs> Yikes. Dear God. Alright, man. Well, looks like you had a fun Saturday night. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. Hey man, I played a, a gig. I didn't get kicked out of the bar all That's well. A good thing. Well, so yeah. Yeah, I heard you're never gonna play in that town again. What'd you do? <laughs> Played in that fucking town again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 